everybody, and welcome to episode 372 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host, Dog Killer Michael Raparas. Who else is wow. joining me here <laughs> in the mystical, magical, schnazzy one studio, the airwaves? See, I told you we'd do something if you donated to Act Blue. And having the studio named for you is a privilege normally reserved for patrons at patreon.com slash laser time. Chris, go. George, George Soros Capo. Chris Antista. And. Boy, I can't believe the non-E3 news hangover I have, Matthew Allen. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's so much to talk about this week. We've got a lot to get through. But first off, it's The Last of Us Part 2 release week. This will finally come out on the same day as our show. And if you're listening to us instead of playing it, God bless you. You're our kind of people, but you should also go play The Last of Us Part 2 probably. There are at least two hours of stealth you could listen to this podcast (laughs) during. Do it. I do it all the time. Yeah. Um, But going by reviews i'm getting the feeling that this game was made with a specific kind of person in mind i like uh, play uh, table tennis i like uh, shoot dog i like dog shoot dog shoot oh okay (laughs) and it's of course borat (laughs) i do not I, I, I never miss a point. Like, I don't care how many of your idiot office mates' impressions ruin Borat for you. It's one of the the greatest <laughs> movies ever made. It's like, uh, women can marry whoever they want here. Uh, what? Like, yeah, women have rights here. What? <laughs> and, like, it, it makes me laugh so... Like, yeah, I know, it's weird. And, like, it's it's so fucking funny and correct. I love Sasha Baron Cohen. Please watch It Was America. Yeah, yeah, but- and listen to Laser Time Show all about Sasha Baron mm-hmm. Cohen. Uh, but yeah, there, there's some dog <clears throat> violence in this, and and from what also from what I've read, and you know, I've I've read people talking about that, like yeah, there's there's some emotionally crushing stuff that will make you feel guilty about it, but you can't get around it. Actually, I think it was Polygon that I was reading the review of it that that specifically said like yeah, you can try not to kill dogs, and I've seen other people saying that like. Oh, you, if you kill dogs, you'll hear their owners mourning them. Like, oh, that doesn't... Oh, God. I thought that was a joke that someone said, like, a few weeks ago. I didn't think that that would actually make it into the game. Well, the trick and is you have to kill the owners before they can mourn the exactly. dogs. Exactly. That's the yes. bonus bonus yeah. round. Yeah, that's how... Are they that. doing this through the fungus in their face? <laughs> Why are we murdering these fucking you know, dogs? Because there's like always... Pe- Man is the worst monster of all. You know this. And we were, t- we were talking off my comparing games to movies. But still, movies use a dead pet Mm -hmm. to generally forecast how awful the villain's going to become, whereas video games usually ask you, the player, to kill dogs before you start killing them. We did a whole laser time about it with Diamond Dog Dave Redden, uh, and that phenomenon's called the kick the dog phenomenon. If you want to establish a bad guy, the quickest way is have him kick a dog or do something Mm -hmm. bad to a dog. There is some irony there. As a player, you've been asked to kill dogs a lot, yes. and I'm looking at you, Resident Evil players, <laughs> a lot, a they're lot. zombie dogs. I'm putting them out of their misery. I guess. Yeah. Or they're just hungry and need mm. love. Oh, that could be. And- <laughs> um, but the, by the way, did you know that the uh, the Resident Evil 3 remake, uh, those dog models are anatomically correct? I hate to think what that might be used for by modders. 
<laughs> they have buttholes and wing wongs, man. <laughs> buttholes and wing wongs. Please call the episode that. Please sell this a flashlight isn't, this isn't with buttholes killing, and wing wongs. This, this episode isn't about killing dogs. I promise. Uh, Thank God. But but Thank what God. it is about. So I, one of the reviews that I was reading talked about that, like even if you sneak around and do your utmost not to kill any dogs, there will still be a dog that attacks you during a quick time event, and you have to smash it, and then later on you have to watch a flashback sequence in which you uh, scritch the dog's ears and it's like well that sucks but it's a case of something that we've kind of gotten used to in video games over the years which is games that railroad you into terrible actions and maybe then try to make you feel guilty about them because in the end all villains just want to tell you this you enjoy the killing that's why what? Are you denying it? Haven't you already killed most of my comrades? That was... <laughs> I watched your face when you did it. It was filled with the joy of battle. Yeah, it wants you to consider the ramifications of your actions. Why do you find killing so entertaining? And I'll tell you, it's because they made a fun game that happened to be about killing. <laughs> yeah. So are they irony? Yeah. What? <laughs> are they talking to you or are they talking to themselves? Let's ask the auditing Morningstar gun from Borderlands 2. They were probably just defending themselves. I'd have been raised in a broken home. You're not donating to charity. You indirectly harm thousands of people every day. <laughs> Jesus, that is- were you that recording a, that on your Sony Walkman as it was coming out of the PS4 controller speaker? That was awful sound. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that is a gun in Borderlands 2's DLC that uh, just screams at you and tries to guilt trip you every time you kill someone with it. So I always recommend go back to the George Lucas School of Writing. From my perspective, <laughs> they are the bad ones! <laughs> and I am the goodest! Yeah. From Take my perspective, it is the order of good and pureness that is evil. Now, are we specifically talking, sometimes games will do that thing where they're actually talking to you, the player, and mm-hmm. saying, you should question why you are getting enjoyment out of this main character, wink, wink, or is it I mean, just your character feels bad? Some of these break the fourth wall, and some okay. of them aren't even that overt about it. Some of them are quite subtle in that it's like, the game, as you're doing something, is making you feel bad about it. Like, it's very clear that the thing you're doing is wrong, but there's no way around it. Like, it's just either this or you turn off the game and you walk away. Mm. Yeah, so it's... You um, live through your own Jack Bauer cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's just like, you might be doing a good job of making me feel bad about my decision if I'd actually made this decision to begin with. Mm. It's yeah. your decision. I'm learning it from watching you. Yes, you're making me watch Hardcore Henry, where I ultimately don't have any choices, but you're uh-huh. pretending this is my body making these decisions. Yes, e- even exactly. the ones that Instead, give you the just... illusion of that decision, I can't tell you how many times, I, countless times, I've sat there with the game with a gun hovering over someone's head and refused to pull yeah. the trigger mm-hmm. just to see yeah. if it, okay, will it give me an option after a minute? And then ultimately, why I end up killing him? I get impatient. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. have time to sit here <laughs> yeah. for longer than a minute. I don't have all day. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I don't I have think... all day to be a moral champion. Yeah, the Stanley Parable made fun of it with their video games ending which is like oh well we'll show you a mock-up version of the next game we're working on since you're so good at video games and it's all about like here's a cardboard cutout of a baby that pops up and it's slowly crawling toward a fire and you have to keep pushing this button to keep holding it back 
but if if you don't push it for like four hours, the baby will eventually crawl into the fire. So most people will just give up, and then the game will be like, "Why do you hate babies so much? <laughs> you wouldn't push a button to keep a cardboard baby from crawling into a fire." I don't. I don't hate babies. I just hmm. want to live in a world with less babies. No. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. I love babies. Stay tuned for the next few years, I guess. <laughs> Dark times ahead. Dark times. Oh, anyway. Um, So, yeah, on that fun and not at all tragic note, let's jump ahead to the top five, which we will get into right after this. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Um, but King like, of Kong, great. You should watch it. It's, it's absolutely I'm fantastic. May, I've, I've probably seen bits and pieces. I know the guy you're talking people, about. I've showed that, that documentary to people that aren't into video games, mm-hmm. and it's still fascinating. And, 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 oh, and, yeah. and I, I, I was like you. I was, watch, I was wrapped when Billy Mitchell was called out as a cheater, and I'm like, I am trusting Wasn't all Wasn't like 30 years later or something? Like it, was like, it was like last yeah, like like year it was like 2012, wasn't and it? It's, it's like, 10 it years like... after the documentary. You've played Donkey Kong, yes. right? And I know you've played it at some point in your life. Because I, I watch a lot of people play this game. Like I know that's super nerdy, but there's people that play it on Twitch all the time. And I just watch them. Sure, I'm yeah. trying to get better. Definitely. Right? So I watch strategies and I watch these different things. And the, the, the biggest thing to me outside of you know all the other accusations is... In the videos that they that they you know are saying, well, here's the evidence. Mm-hmm. The luck never seems to go against. Right. There are times when the barrels just won't go down the ladder and you get lucky, but yeah. it, it seems like their their big accusation was if you watch these tapes, it never goes bad. Yeah. And like a long game of Donkey Kong can take really? 35, 45 an hour. Mm-hmm. It can take a oh, long yeah. time. Absolutely. So to play a game that long and not have any bad luck. Yeah, because I think that's how some of those cheaters got busted because someone yeah. opened up that dragster game mm-hmm. and like it's like yeah, you can't, dude, you have the guy a... who set the record is like this is mathematically impossible according right. to the coding. Yeah, you can't do sure. that. That's another thing. It's a non-zero percent chance. So the best of you can do, so, like the, the best that like they they they. I love exactly. this about today's yeah. time. They took the code and they literally ran it through like the perfect game. Was it dragster? Did I get dragster. That right? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, a great yeah. game by the way. I'm gonna get that. I'm gonna tie that record. <laughs> that's because you suck at it, but. <laughs> But basically, yeah. all the great games you can complete in 16 seconds. You, really? Oh. How, how long ha- have you run a 557 yet? Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I'm gonna... In real life, on the <laughs> jock PE court. So, uh, you nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so, the way that game works is get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on patreon.com slash laser time. And we're back to talk about what? Yeah, games that make you feel bad. Yeah, terrible things you were railroaded into. With give me a longer braid. I had a real big fart I wanted to squeeze you out. Can go for it. You do it silently. Mic. All right, do it for the no, listeners. That, that this could be an accident. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this, don't don't, don't trust. Messy. Never trust a fart. There's a never lot of trust weird Mexican fart. food I don't trust yeah. today. You don't want a fart that comes with a prize. Let's begin with number five. Oh, thank the gods you've come. Break these bones. Get me out of here. What are you waiting for? Let me out. We can find our way back to Athens. The gods demand sacrifice. From all of us. Oh, please. No. No. Who remembers this poor hapless fucking dingbat? It's 
Well, Rob Paulson, yes. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but whatever God of War game this is, I do not. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't name the God that, that Kratos is killing there. It's the first God of War game. So oh. in that game, you go to the Temple of Pandora, which is uh, on... The back of the Titan Kronos it's, as he I believe it's desert. in Oakland. It's in Oakland. Sure, I've seen yeah, it. it's, it's in Oakland. <laughs> Pandora uh, building is definitely there. <laughs> <laughs> but at, at one point, there is an altar. There's like a pressure switch, and you step on this pressure switch, like these uh, these walls that just like belch flames come around, and there's there's a, a lever there that you have to pull. And you can't, you can't just do it by yourself. You can't put any of the monsters on it, but... Uh, there is a cage that drops, I think, from the ceiling, and there's a guy inside, this soldier who came to find the treasures mm. of the temple and ended up trapped in a cage. Instead, a cage that just so happens to be conveniently sized for that pressure switch ah. with the walls of flame. And after what Kratos says, the gods demand a sacrifice, you realize, like, oh, I have to get him into the pressure switch. There's no way around this. Not only that, the game's going to make me work for it because you have to push him up a hill while monsters are attacking you, uh, find little divots to put him on so that he doesn't slide back down again. And when in <laughs> doubt, you can charge up a kick and boot him a few more feet up the hill. No, please. Let me out of here. So he's he's begging and pleading with you the whole time, like, oh, God, just strike down this madman. Someone please save me. And he's just begging for his life. And you just have to keep grimly pushing on. And you get him up onto that pressure plate. And, oh, man, is he not happy. Oh, please. No. God's on high. Save me from this barbarian. Please. Please. I'm begging you on your humanity. Don't do this! No. Please! No. no! It's even funnier if you imagine Yakko Warner in that position. <laughs> he kind of he kind of sounded like that droid in Star Wars that gets its feet uh, branded. There, he's like, Ooh, you know, Utini, that like howling noise right there. Ah. It's a great pull. Hmm. I say that from Sega Star Wars area. Hmm. It's, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't, I don't even know the name for it. I'm sure Star Wars nerds are going to be like, uh, that was actually droid. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. Was uh, it that, droid, that droid was sent there to fall on his sword so R2-D2 could go on to join Luke Star That is canon, I believe. Hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah. Michael, are you telling us that this game boxed you into doing something in Pandora's Temple? Just going to point that out. Yes. You have to put a box, a man in a mm -hmm. box, yeah. box you in. Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. Have to yeah. find the secrets of Pandora's box. Take her out for drinks first. I do want to like just give Ooh. a tip of the hat to God of War for this because you do after a while forget why you're doing anything. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Why, why, why am I pushing this man to his death? Oh, right, so I can get revenge on a god. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> this one I can almost justify for story reasons because, and they spelled it out there. It's like on the last of your humanity, you know, what are you doing here? And kind of the, I think the point they were trying to make is you are so obsessed with your revenge quest that Kratos, that whole game is a story of a man losing his humanity because mm -hmm. he's taken over by revenge. And so I guess that's that moment where they're saying, this is where he goes over the line, you know, because this is I a mean, guy who can kind of where you as gods. the player have to go over the line. And I mean, you kill other people who are innocent in that. Like, yeah. you know, for the health power-ups, whatever. But you don't slowly torture someone like that. 
anywhere yeah, this, else in the game. And, and Kratos is a guy that he can literally kill gods. He can figure out shit. And yet this one puzzle so perplexing he can't he couldn't have like ripped a fucking giant's toenail off and put it in that like pressure plate or something. Come on. Nope. There was Come nothing on. else he could have possibly done, or at least not that it the game would convenient. let you. Do. It was more convenient for him. Come on. Yeah, yeah. But but that's contrasted with like how he treats the sea captain in that first game who, you know, gets shoved down the hydra's throat and then he keeps meeting him in Hades over and over again and just like pushing him off another cliff. <laughs> just keeps killing the same sea captain over and yeah, over again. I mean, I'm more, I'm more applauding them just because, like, uh, Kratos has the abilities and destiny of a god or semi-god, mm-hmm. and it's nice to remind players that uh, your morality is way out of whack with what it takes to be a good person here. Oh, yeah. And has been the entire game. And I like, I like, like, I can think of a lot of TV shows that remind you of that, from Walter White to Tony Soprano. Just like, hey, hey, you've been rooting for the bad guy. Yeah. The whole time. Just, mm-hmm. just so you know. Mm-hmm. Just say so you know. yeah. it's This is the villain. Yeah. And we're just I know you forgot for two and a half years, but you've been rooting for the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, because have you guys heard of uh, there's that the psychological mental exercise of like the train track, the train switch? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where the the it's trolley like, problem. Yeah. The trolley problem where it's like, yeah, okay, if you could, you know, save one of your family members, but it would kill. X number of people on the other track, you know, who would do it and how many they met, you know, how many people is it going to take for you to, to decide, okay, I'm going to save, save the many over the one. And so, yeah, yeah the, well, it, what it really is, is there's a trolley and it's headed toward multiple people who are tied to the train track and yeah. you can do nothing, but by doing nothing, you would be condemning these people indirectly, or mm-hmm. you can pull this switch. And by doing that, you would be deliberately killing one person. Right, and people feel worse about the death that resulted from an action than the the removed death. Right? It's typically mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, is it is it worse to let four people die or to kill one person? Right. Yeah. Right. And it's 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 something I believe every hack writer has to think about when making a superhero. I mean, that was like and at least one season of The Good Place. <laughs> talking it's, it's, about it's, the why, it's why problem. you went. Oh, well, Chidi probably brought that up. Yes, many but times. It's, it's, Every, every, I think they reenacted it. I would say maybe just male like me, you want to find a very clever answer. I would shoot the supervillain who put the scenario together <laughs> in the face. Yep. Uh, I see. Like, you would pull a Captain Kirk and a little Kobayashi Maru, and then you would change the rules of the contest. Yes. You would cheat. Yeah. I yeah. would pull out the lever and use it to derail the trolley. <laughs> I would beat you, the test giver, to yeah. death. And then... The reality is I'd max out my credit card to probably pay someone else to do it. <laughs> and, and like That's what would happen at, right about now. Got a wood. Let's move on to uh, something a little less human. Number four. See big sweeping dramatic music, sound of someone stabbing something and something spraying, monster roaring. What could this oh, be? Oh, oh, uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Yes. But there's one specific fight in there that really sticks out to me. Like, people talk a lot about some spoilers for Shadow of the Colossus, about how while playing the game, you, you kind of slowly get this feeling that what you're doing is not a good thing, that you might be upsetting some sort of natural order or doing something in fact profane or blasphemous like wrong doesn't quite begin to describe it 
Did you not even question you could just run to the last one of the Colossus? And you can. I've tried. Not everyone. I know, but that you didn't even think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever. Whatever gave never... Michael, was it maybe the slow, inky, sick, sickly-looking uh, thing that overwhelms your main character in that yeah, game? Well, Is that, that maybe gradually become <laughs> over the course of the game? That's a big yeah. part of it. But I think kind of for a me, tell. a big turning point came relatively late in the game with the 13th Colossus, which uh, some fans have named Phalanx. And this one is kind of weird in that, like, most of the Colossi are these big menacing creatures who attack you in some way. And when you first meet Phalanx, it seems really threatening at first because you ride out into the desert and you hit these ruins and all of a sudden the ground starts shaking and this thing just sprays out of the sand and into the air. Phalanx is massive, massive, massive. It is like a gigantic flying snake with these huge sail-like wings that is kept okay. aloft by gas bags. This is one of my favorite boss fights in this game. Yeah, but the thing is, like, as you go and try to attack it, you start to realize it does not pay any attention to you at all. It does not try to attack you. It does not even try to move toward you. It's just sort of flying around idly and doing its own thing. So... You fight it by shooting the gas bags underneath it until it loses altitude and has to come down and skim along the surface of the sand, at which point you can jump onto its wings, mm -hmm. climb onto its back, and find the various weak points. And, like, it, I don't think it really ever even tries to shake you off. It just will eventually go back underground and somehow heal itself and come back out again. It's a little bit like the dragons in Breath of the Wild. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, you'll just see him and like, I'm going to light this thing up with like 40 arrow shots to try to knock a scale loose. They don't care about you at all. They're just like, I'm yeah. just going to fly. But you do get the sense that like you, you are hurting something harmless. It's like going after a mayfly or something. It's, it's like, yeah, you kind of want to destroy them. But at the same time, like they can't do anything. Here's this gentle giant. It made me think of, uh, like I remember as a kid, my father's Spanish and my parents spent a lot of time in Spain. And as a kid, I was very curious to see a bullfight. I'd heard so much about them. And I remember asking my mom about them and she said like, well, they're really sad. Like, why are they sad? It's like, mm -hmm. because this animal comes out and it's big and strong and full of life. And over the course of this fight, you just see all these men slowly pick away at it until it has no fight left, until it's exhausted. And then the man comes in with the sword, the matador, and kills it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just seeing life be drained out of a creature. She was, she was like, and I'm sorry to do Michael's mother's accent. Michael, you remember Boromir dying in Lord of the Rings? <laughs> it's like that. I mean, over and over again with a cheering crowd. Mike, of course, we know Michael's mother, Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> <laughs> Men are different than women, Michael. <laughs> well, my mom did uh, turn me on to Lord of the Rings and H.P. Lovecraft. Um, but she, even though she was born in Texas, she grew up in Sacramento. So. Identity thieves, write this down. <laughs> I had no idea that happened and never would have projected a southern accent if I thought Michael's mother was actually from there. 
<laughs> but, but yes, yeah, like good, yeah, good app yeah. comparison. Bullfights are, I, are bull tragic. Fight, that's a crazy good mm -hmm. comparison. Yeah, and 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 it, you start to feel that more and more over the course of this game, and and that kind of wow. just fills you with the sense of like, I'm doing I'm doing something really bad. Like this is one of those dreams where you like accidentally break off one of your fingers, and you're like, oh fuck, how do I put this back on? Oh god, I've really fucked this up. Yeah, I think I think the game is so well made. You're blinded by your own ingenuity. Mm -hmm. And look at this fucking way I managed to exploit this idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I climb his back hair and I stick something in his Achilles heel. Yeah, and aren't I the greatest? I am completely ignoring the any consequences from these actions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or why this creature's here to begin. Or the with. fact that most of them don't attack you so much as. Yes. It's like you would treat a bee or something buzzing around yeah. you. They're just like, get off of me. You know, yeah, that's, they, they swat you away. Some of them do attack you. This one never really does. Yeah. And that just makes it all the sadder when it comes crashing down to earth. stained glass window. but then legolas slides down his nose sticks the landing and it's fucking sweet worth mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. <laughs> lord of the rings sorry but yeah yeah maybe not the strongest example but for me this was a turning point and it's one that's like i still feel a little bit bad about this even though i know it's just a 3d polygon mesh flying up there it has no feelings yeah but this this works because it's like even if you do know you're starting to do something wrong in these games and you're like, maybe this God I've been talking to isn't all he's made up to be. Mm -hmm. Your only alternative is I could just stop playing. Yeah. You know, if, if you want like, to see the story through, the you thing. have like, to you've, do it. It's... You've always got a choice, but your choice is turn off the game and don't play it again. And that's yeah. kind of lame. Yeah. <laughs> like you want to yeah. see this through, don't you? There, there's no like, okay, giant, um, give me some of that ink and we'll pretend I killed you. Now go off to some other land. Go, go, uh -huh. Colossus. Yep, yep, yep. Nope, nope. I need your dark tendrils. Give them to me. Yeah. I need to die and be reborn in the temple. Come on. Let's make it happen. But yeah, this uh, this was a very sort of ambiguous guilt trip. Uh, the next one, far less so. Number three. Boss, we have an emergency. There's been another outbreak of the vocal cord parasites on the base. Several men are dead. I've sent in a rescue team to help, but they haven't returned. Boss, I need you on this. Come back to Mother Base ASAP. Uh, we're going to get into big spoilers for Metal Gear Solid Five. So, That's so confusing story. You won't even know where in the game that is anyway. That's true. Likely. But just the same. You can skip ahead to around the 36-minute mark if you don't want to hear it. Anyway, so yes, late in the game... There is an outbreak of vocal cord parasites on your base. And to explain what these are <laughs> would involve delving a lot into the backstory. Please, and please tell me War of the Planet of the Apes sums it up hmm. succinctly and lovely. Yeah. That's why Woody Harrelson starts losing his voice. Well, oddly enough, mm -hmm. they all could have been prevented from spreading if those people on the base just would have worn masks. And yet, hey. they were. It, it was impinging on their freedom. So, yeah. so yeah, several teams have been sent in. This the the research wing of your base, which you've been spending the game building up, has been quarantined, and all the staffers that you've spent the game recruiting are in there. Yeah. So you have to go in where all the the other teams have failed. We got a backup team ready to go. Just give the order and I'll, I'll go alone. Boss, what are you... There's no need for that. We can't afford to lose anyone else. 
We have no idea what's going on exactly. in Exactly. Anyone still alive's at their breaking point. Last thing we need is another unit storming in. No telling how they'd react. So the, the vocal cord parasites are sort of like the, the cordyceps paradise, par, paradise, parasites from Last of Us in that they hijack the host's brain and make them become kind of violent and make them really, really want to go outside. Do not let anyone showing symptoms get outside. As infection progresses, it triggers an overwhelming urge to get out in the open. That's the parasite controlling them. Once outside, the birds will feed on infected bodies, spreading the parasite on land. So it's related, like, this one guy says, like, ah, I win, I'm not a snail, and then he dies, and you're like, what the hell do you mean, not a snail? And it turns out he's talking about, like, there are parasites that will infect snails and basically replace their eye stalks. So they, they like, become these weird, colorful eye stalks that then birds see and want to eat. And so then the the parasite is eaten by the bird, which then poops it out somewhere else, mm-hmm. and it continues its life cycle. So you try to make your way through the... It's full of all these injured, bloody people. And, you know, you're trying to deal as nonviolently as possible with anyone who's infected. Just restrain them and uh, knock them out. Do whatever you have to do to make sure people survive. But then they start to swarm you. And a bunch of guys run out the door while three others uh, hold you down. And you have to stop them from getting out. So Big Boss does what he has to do and starts shooting. And at that point, you're told basically, like, okay... you you know, all bets are off. Use these special goggles, find anyone who's infected, and put them out of their misery. And most of the people you will see are infected. You can tell because you, as you're wearing these goggles, you can see, like, these glowy patches on their throats. And it just becomes this merciless thing of you shooting people in the head and, and hearing the uh, the mother-based computer saying, Staff member killed. Staff member killed. For how long? Like a while. Yeah, uh, there's a lot. You're, of them. you're making your way through this facility, just gunning down innocent people. And there is a point where you meet members of the first rescue team, like one of the rescue teams that were sent in, and has been unmasked and infected. And they're they're argue like they're saying like Don't go outside. Like I have to go outside. We're all gonna die anyway. Yep. And by the way, this is after when you first came in, everybody's like, oh, boss is here. Boss will know what to do. He'll save us. Don't worry. Boss is coming. I know. And and now you're just the angel of death sweeping through there. But you open this door where these men are arguing and they see you and this happens. Boss. Boss. Oh, hey. Let's let the boss decide. We live and die by your order, boss. Boss. Uh. So they'll stand perfectly still and salute you while trembling and just wait as you shoot them one by one as they as they watch you. And as Huey, Hal Emmerich's dad, is berating you like, that's not the big boss I knew. We're supposed to be a family. I think this also makes you feel doubly bad because if I remember correctly, the way the parasites got there is throughout the game you have the chance of saving these child soldiers or these kids that are in these war zones, and it turns out like they're the carriers of the parasite that might have caused the infection on Mother Base. And so it's like everything good you've been doing in terms of saving kids 
is now resulting in this, and it's uh, well. Some some you, of them, you yeah, didn't you didn't dig far enough in the audio tapes. The disease was actually spread via David Bowie song. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Sorry. Well, it, the, these like the idea is that these are vocal parasites that have always been with humanity, and that might be the reason that we can talk at all that we have language. But that the villain of MGS Five has engineered them in such a way that they will kill their hosts, and he's like keyed it to certain languages like he wants to wipe out all english speakers and he starts with kikongo this this african language that some of your soldiers can speak and that's spoiler that's the way you identify like the first outbreak is because you start to notice like all these people have one thing in common they're all kikongo speakers so if we quarantine all the kikongo speakers then they'll get better Mm -hmm. yeah then it, it just spreads to everyone in this facility and even though huey blames you for all of it i think it turns out to be largely his fault that because of the things he was doing in the research facility that it caused this outbreak and it spread but that doesn't stop him from being an absolute bitch about it at the funeral of all these soldiers you killed. It's your fault! They're dead because of you! He's right. I killed him with my own hands. They were on your side! I'm on your side! And you turned them all to ashes! While you're in there killing people, especially during that big moment with the salutes, there is a ray of hope in that one of the guys, one of the rescue team members that was sent in, still has his mask on. And when you scan him, he does not have the parasite. So you pick him up and you carry him out. And then just when you think like, all right, at least someone made it out of here, hope dies. Got a survivor. Unlock the door. Boy. I... I don't think I made it after all. What? You just checked him. Could it have progressed this quickly? Yeah, it it entered through his wounds and infected him in the time it took you to carry him to the door. Oh, no. So, yeah, you put him down and he stands up and you scan him like, yep, sure enough, he's infected. And he gives a little speech about how this is just the way it has to be. And he holds his, his gun and just stands straight up and waits for you to shoot him in the face. And then this uh, this whole tragedy then gives way to the speech that I think made it into some of the early trailers about, like, turning the ashes of dead Diamond Dog soldiers into diamonds that will carry into battle with us so that they'll always be here. Now tell the world! Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, this, this is a rough spot, especially because, like, it... Again, these were all soldiers that you'd spent the game recruiting one by one. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, fuck, I remember getting that guy. Oh, man. Mm. I was so proud to have this wing staffed by old women or whatever. Like, just those moments. And, and yeah, you'll you'll see, like, oh, I, I recognize this soldier's code name. She's, she's one of mine. I've probably done some good-natured uh, physical abuse before <laughs> because that's another weird thing about the soldiers on Mother Base. They all love to get smacked around. Mm-hmm. Yep. The game encourages They just it. wait there and, and wait to be thrown and then they'll be like, thank, thank you. you, sir. Thank you for practicing yeah. your CQC on me. Yeah, we love this. We're, we're learning so much. <laughs> uh-huh. But, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a sad, sad turn of events. Did either of you play through this part? Or? Yeah. Hell no. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I played I played hmm. through the game. And it's, yeah, it's... Yeah. Gave up on Sons of Liberty. Never looked back. I just feel like by that time, maybe I'd, I'd 
body count was in the thousands uh, or, yeah. or had Fulton thousands of people. So it just felt very mechanical. Like, okay, well, I guess I got to do this now. Yeah, I'm, yeah exactly. And I've broken several hundred spines with my fun balloon. Right. <laughs> like, uh, and, and unlike oh. you, Michael, I, I didn't necessarily have any emotional attachment because to me it was just, are they an S rank? Then they're at my base. So I was probably more pissed mm-hmm. off about having to kill S ranks uh, than, than anything else. Yeah. Like, yeah. great, I got to go find more fucking X, S ranks to make my base awesome that for this online multiplayer I will never engage in. Mm-hmm. I tried it a few times. It was fun. It's all right. Yeah, it was, yeah. But anyway, let's move along to... Number two. How are we getting through this? This might help. Fine. Set it up. You're fucking kidding, right? That's white phosphorus. Yeah, I know what it is. You've seen what this shit does. You know what we you can't You might not have a choice, Lugo. There's always a choice. No. There's really not. Yeah, it's true. There's really not a choice in whether or not you use the white phosphorus in which game? Spec Ops The Line. Yeah, Spec yeah. Ops The Line. This was rather famous because, again, it, it gives you the illusion that you somehow chose this because you can just sit there. Like, the, there's this point where uh, you've got to get through this gate into another part of the city and it's heavily mm-hmm. guarded and you can kind of just dig in and shoot at the soldiers as they flood out to fight you. But a uh, little secret, there are infinite soldiers. You could stay there forever right. just shooting at them, and there would always so I be... I don't know the spe- specifics of that. They, they give you time to do it, but I don't think anything ever stops or progresses unless you yes. resort to a, what is basically a massive war crime. Oh, huge war and, crime. So... Funny thing about white phosphorus, if you weren't educated in what it does when this game came out, it is horrifying. It does not just burn people. It sticks to their skin and tunnels into it and does not let them die. It's torture that is dispersed from a bomb. And it is like you can't recover from this. It will kill you. Mm. Uh, And it's it's just a horrific, horrific weapon. And you are left with it as your only choice. And when Walker says there really isn't a choice, he's right because the game doesn't let you choose. Right. Yeah, I I know specifically I wrote about this, mm-hmm. I think, in PC Gamer. And I was writing about, like, all these fucking hoorah war games and absolutely none of them, none of them ask you to question what you're doing or why. And mildly controversial, I remember I said on a podcast, like, I'm sick of these things being called Call of Duty or Medal of Honor hmm. when they were once based in World War II, and now it's like, gotta steal this hard drive, gotta, gotta shoot all these for military superiority. Like, that's not duty or honor. No. Like, like it, it's ridiculous. That's so, like, duty and boners. When, when, <laughs> I'm not kidding, but, like, all those games, like had roots in, in like something the world felt like it had to do mm-hmm. and every one of those games is all based on like sort of superiority of war prowess yeah which isn't the same thing and and when I was playing Spec Ops The Line I was just like and it, it, it asked me to do something and then accept the morality of my choice in a way that set my brain on fire compared to what I've played lately and so when the commercial came out and they asked to use a pull quote, the main character slid down the set my brain on fire <laughs> quote, s- literally slides over my words that were me alluding to white phosphorus. Jesus. But I didn't want to spoil it. Uh-huh. 
And, and it haunts me to this day that that was the pull <laughs> quote that they used. Because I, this is the moment, the moment they showed us. They showed me in a small hotel room mm-hmm. with, I think, Dan Stapleton was there with me. Uh, like, it was, it was really crazy to see a, what was considered a war game ask you to confront. The, I, it's a video game. You just yeah. disposed of the most enemies the fastest. And then you have to walk through the corpses. Oh yeah, some of which aren't dead yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and like it's it's incredible. And I one of my favorite moments in the show is talking to Walt Williams about writing it and how mm-hmm. just like getting away with murder in yeah. terms of like writing and producing this game. Like no one caring enough to like s- s- get in their way. But this game is crazy. Yeah, crazy. It, it absolutely is. And this part actually. I want to play a couple clips from it, but uh, the part where you use the white phosphorus, so uh, you first launch this uh, mortar camera like into the sky, and it just sort of hangs there on a parachute, and then you watch through the camera and pick your targets, but it's eerily similar to a moment in Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare where you are like the gunner on this plane and just like watching these glowing silhouettes of people moving around and just lighting them up. And you don't really know who you're shooting at. You assume that they're bad, but they're not any direct threat to you. It's just they're, they're a threat to the people on the ground that you are uh, playing as otherwise. And, and there's just so, something very haunting and minimalized and detached about it. And I feel like this did a pretty good job replicating that as you're doing this. Okay, targeting online. You ready? Never you are. Burn them. You need to hit those RPGs! RPGs neutralized. Burn them. Take out those fighters. And then eventually... Preparing to fire. Another Hummer. That Hummer is important. Target in sight. Hummer disabled. No one's moving. It's over. Right, Walker. Okay. We're done. Ugh, the screams. Um, yeah, and then you get down there and you have to walk through your carnage. People are crawling around partially on fire. You can decide to shoot them out of mercy if you feel like it, or you can just leave them go, and then uh, you meet this guy. Why? You brought this on yourself. We were helping what? Oh no. And you find out they were helping specifically a bunch of civilian refugees who'd been brought into the, the camp and were hiding in a ditch next to that Humvee that you blew up with white phosphorus. And just the you see the most horrific image of like just these piles of burned non-uniformed bodies, one of which is a woman crouching down, shielding her child's eyes with her hand, and they're both just burnt beyond recognition. And it's it's extremely haunting and uh, a little manipulative, and the game really wants you to feel really bad about it. This is your fault, goddammit! Stop right there! We need to keep moving. What? 
Reinforcements will be here any second. We need to keep moving. But Walker, you're, n you're not even... I'm gonna make these bastards pay for what they've done. Now, are you with me or not? What you've just heard is the exact moment at which uh, Colonel Walker or Captain Walker's brain broke. Uh, because from this point on, he has vivid hallucinations and just kind of goes further and further down this rabbit hole of insanity and delusion. And uh, the game gets really interesting. Yeah. It starts to try to play a lot of tricks on you at that point, right? It's, it's just... Yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's almost bar barbaric that it includes multiplayer. <laughs> <laughs> the multiplayer is very separate from the rest of it. And I think the developer did kind of disown the multiplayer. It's like, we didn't work on this. We didn't want this. It was it was forced into the game by the publisher by a different developer, and uh, the only reason anybody still talks about Spec Ops, the budget line, yeah, Call of Duty ripoff, mm -hmm. and and it's it's astonishing, and I, I still think people should play it. I like it, yeah, a good deal. Yeah, it absolutely like I, I felt like like yeah, it's average gameplay wise, but the story is unforgettable. And this is a key part, but it like like I said, like it gets even more vivid and weird from this point on um but and and it keeps asking you like do you feel like a hero yet and like no <laughs> i felt like someone who was having fun with a war game but okay i'll feel bad about this sure even though as the game has said you don't actually have a choice and i think i read that it did like they were at one point planning to uh include a choice to to not blow up the humvee because you have to blow that up for the sequence to end and uh, then they realize, like, well, this is we kind of need this to happen for the, the narrative to play out the way that it does. Walker has to, in that same moment, uh, blame himself and then shift blame onto the quote unquote bad guys for what he's just done. Y'all be haters. Don't make me make more game. <laughs> and <laughs> I wish they had that Andy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Spec Ops the Line, emotionally wrenching, or is it? Um, and then this next one is just like, well, this is an awful thing you have to do. He claims he doesn't know I anything. Don't, I don't know anything. I don't know. I already told nothing. Nothing. I don't know anything. Please, please. Sir. You know about the Azerbaijanis? Huh? Azerbaijanis. I do audiovisual, hi-fi audiovisual. It's top man, good price, VIP. No? You're a fucking spy. <laughs> and the asswipes at the agency know this. So I need to know. What did you tell them? And what did they tell you? Hmm. Is ringing any bells for you guys? Yeah, I just, I just finally finished it. Played this scene for the fourth fucking time. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm like, sorry. It's a rough uh, scene. It's a rough fucking scene. It is, scene. but it's like, it's, it's worth... It's... It feels clumsy sometimes, mm. but it's because it feels like two different things are happening. Yeah. In Grand Theft Auto Five. Yes. And, uh, okay. Well, because two things are mm. happening. So there is a moment where you end up working with these uh, FIB agents. I don't get it. But yeah, they 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 just want your help, and uh, they want your help specifically uh, assassinating a guy who this Mr. K that they've strapped into a torture chair, uh, supposedly has information about and Mr. K clearly doesn't know anything. He's, he's just an AV guy who helps people set up their home theaters, but they, they send you on like, okay, well he worked at this mansion, go out to it. And it kind of gives you a little swerve at first because it makes you think that, yeah, this will be happening behind the scenes while you're out shooting a guy. 
You're gonna make him speak. No, 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 no. You two are gonna drive up to Rockford Hills. No. And when we find out which man is the man with the problem, you put him down. Because I'm tired of these fucking nitwits at the agency taking all the glory. Fuck is all this, huh? I think it's a good time, buddy. You know? Go for a drive. You get to work, and uh, I'm not here. So you walk out as Michael and drive away and figure like, okay, well, Trevor will do some, I guess, torturing behind the scenes while I just go out and do this mission. And you get there and it's just like, this is where they film the this Real Housewives show. So it's clearly the wrong house. It's like, okay, well, let's go back and squeeze some information out of this guy. So you playing as Trevor have to pick a torture implement and... Every step of this is hands-on doing something to torture this guy, whether it is grabbing a pipe wrench and smashing his knee or uh, pulling a tooth or hooking car, a car battery up to car him or uh, waterboarding him. If my mama had waterboarded me more often, I wouldn't be the gun-toting psychopath you see before you now. Not the water. No. Not the water. No. It shouldn't be legal. It's torture. Oh, it's all in your head, Ferdinand. Don't worry. I don't see what all the fuss is about personally. And the thing is, is like they they torture this guy because the the agent has this idea. They're like, yeah, torture. That's how we show who's boss. That's how we get information out of people. And then he's just like. Okay, I'm going to give you a name. And he says the name, and it's just like, why didn't you say that in the first place? I totally would have told you. Yeah, he's this guy. He's, yeah. I, I know that guy. He's got a beard. He chain smokes. In, in an age of true crime, we understand how this type of coercion works. But I, mm-hmm. did, I just think for the game, people are right to to criticize this sequence because yes. it is unskippable. I, what I don't know is, did I have to use every type of torture device or could I use the same one over and over I think, again? I don't know. I, 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 for I, some I, reason, I, I thought you could use like, uh, you had to use all but one. I mean, because even I as that. a player is like, well, I'm going to try my options. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, not, but, not like, if you want to get that Chivo, you don't skip over all those. You know, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, but like, it's it's doing a couple things here, some of them good and and, and a couple of them real bad. Um, it, going back and playing it, it is revealing that, like, the guy you're working for is a villain, and not just in the way that all authority figures are villains in GTA games. Mm-hmm. That the head of the FIB is a worthless piece of shit. Yeah. And has no idea how to do his job and is surviving. I, I love when it's just eventually revealed. He's, like, just surviving by, like, one pussy hair away from, like, being completely outed and fired for these kind of shitty discussions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trevor is being played for laughs. Yes. And it's very, very weird because the person being tortured is absolutely not being played for laughs. No. To me, where it felt like, was this corporated? The the scene doesn't work because, like, Trevor should just shut up. The things he's saying Mm -hmm. are are, are the writer's criticism of torture. Yes. And why it's bad. And something Grand Theft Auto doesn't normally even do. It doesn't really like to be preachy. Yeah. But if you remove Trevor from this, everything this guy says should give you some sympathy for anybody who's had to go inside this kind of shitty interrogation mes- uh, method, which, to invoke Sasha Baron Cohen again, Dick Cheney sighed in a waterboarding uh, bottle because 
he loved this type of interrogation. Oh, of which course. is, like, through st- statistics and research and trials shown to be absolutely useless. Yeah, well... Absolutely useless. That's, that's the thing, that Trevor does get real preachy at the end of this. The media and the government would have us believe that torture is some necessary thing. We need it to get information, to assert ourselves. Did we get any information out of you? I would have told you everything! Exactly! Tortures for the torturer, or the guy giving the order to the torturer. You torture for the good times. We should all admit that. It's useless as a means of getting information. Yeah, and that that's just, like, that that's the one time, like, Trevor is explicitly given permission to dispose of someone, and instead he takes him out, uh, puts him in a truck, drives him to the airport, and gives him this little speech about, like, you're going to go ab- abroad and share your message. Like, what message? Like, you're a torture advocate. Like, what do you mean advocate? It's like, no, you're going to tell people torture's great because of all this stuff, because it's fun. And so it's like, on the one hand, Rockstar seems to be saying, hey, Americans, you think this is cool and necessary that your government does this? Fuck you. We're going to make you play through it. And at the same time, it's also saying, like, hey, torture... People torture because they enjoy torturing. Don't you enjoy torturing? We made it part of our fun game. I, I, it, I think this the sentiment can be read a little differently, especially in light of us living through a time we're starting to question the tactics and authority. Yes, our, uh, people are wielding over us and our fellow citizens. It, it's just that like Trevor has so many. Trevor has so many woke lines in this fucking game <laughs> immediately following an incredibly horrific act that would have landed everyone who made Grand Theft Auto in jail in 1995. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> so it's like it, it is a bit like sometimes it feels a bit South Parky, a show I like uh, of having your cake and eating it too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much Rockstar is wanting to force our head in a certain shit because I know I don't I honestly don't know how the creators feel about anything at the end I, yeah. I, I don't feel a cohesive they might be pro torture for all I know yeah I, I just never know hmm. and that's why I think it, it deserves the criticism it gets because like is this a masterful scene or one of the clunkiest criticisms of torture See, I've ever and, but seen but that's part of what makes it interesting and I think the yeah. fact that this is not even the first time we've discussed this on this show uh, kind of points to like it's an interesting discussion piece, and it's like this is what happens when you get art. <laughs> it's just like, well, that's interesting to ponder, and I'm not quite sure how best to interpret that. Let's talk about how to interpret that. That's exactly how all comments and gaming fields work, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> or comment fields in gaming. <laughs> Uh, you, you motherfuckers, you anti-gun lib libtards. That's not how. <laughs> that's more the discourse I'm used to. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, maybe you're right. I just, I just don't know anymore. Like I playing this game like three months ago. I finished GTA Five, mm-hmm. uh, start to finish, and I still don't know how to feel about it. Obviously, like as a game, it's fucking fun as fuck. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, I'm getting. I, I feel like it's. I, I, we were talking about Saints Row earlier today, and like at least like they're having fun with things and not treating things super realistically. And that Rockstar wants to have it both ways, treat everything realistically while giving the player incentive and agency to do absolutely any deplorable act mm. at their disposal to seemingly just to generate controversy. I just don't know, man. I don't know how cohesive their point of view is anymore. 
I don't. It'll be it'll be interesting to see people talk about it again when the game reemerges on its third console <laughs> 10 years into its lifespan. On PlayStation 5. <laughs> on PlayStation 5. When 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 newer, younger, woker kids can discover I'm not kidding. I'm mm. fascinated to see what younger people think about this when they get to play it for free again. Cuz like I I've played it four times now and I feel more uncomfortable every time. Where I, and I don't think it's a good scene, and I don't, I don't love it. Uh, Will this be the first game? Do you think to come out like more or less unchanged across three successive console generations? Fucking fascinating to think about because mm-hmm. like every game I grew up playing had some sort of Nintendo censorship, either coming to the NES or coming from an arcade game. Yeah, it would be very weird if this didn't have any change at all. And well, you know, I, I not... would I would think that the main reason this is happening is to keep uh, Grand Theft Auto Online alive on yeah. New well, I, I I think not to get ahead of ourselves, but they also announced you, you'll get online for free. That's straight up coming. Mm-hmm. As, if you buy a PS Five, you're going to get it for free. It so was, it's definitely it was an odd dis- it was an odd distinction. And as someone who bought it on like midnight launch, I'm like, the online component still isn't free. Really? <laughs> you still charging people for that? Holy shit. And still making money, man. I know, but like the idea that like this is attached to a full price single player game, you have a monetization system, let people in, man. Fortnite hasn't charged anybody a cent to access it. Hmm. And we get GTA free seven years later. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. GTA. yeah. It is weird because it does sound like that's what they're gonna do now is okay, the online's free, and then if you want the campaign Maybe you have to pay something to upgrade. I don't mm-hmm. know, but pay yeah, I, I don't. Dollars. Yeah, I, I, I don't. As a scene, I don't think it works because, like, a Trevor, one of the first scenes in that game, he's established like this is a psychopath yes. who has questionable, if if any, morals, and so you don't need the torture scene to show that. It's it that because the torture scene's pretty pretty far into the game. It's like, yeah, we get it. Trevor will do anything. He's an asshole. Uh, and a lot of the time, he's not very fun to play. He's Trevor's a character that's kind of fun to have along with on missions, but I never... He just seemed crude and disturbing most of the time. Like, I would that's much rather... Was it, yeah, I would much rather play as, as like, Michael in that game. You really? know, but... Ah, Franklin. Or Franklin. I, Frank, Franklin is, yeah. yeah I like if I had a main, Franklin, it would I, be Franklin. I like Trevor a lot. Trevor's sort of like Hunter S. Thompson crossed with the Joker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm not saying I don't like Trevor at all. It's just like there's a moment later in the game where he kidnaps somebody's wife. Uh-huh. But then while having this woman tied up and developing Stockholm Syndrome towards him, he ends up having the most enlightened views on women of anybody in the whole game. <laughs> and yeah. like, it's funny when I say that, but like, it doesn't really make any sense. And it no. doesn't undo anything he's actually doing. Well, it's just like just, he, yeah, he. it starts with him just kidnapping this this stranger this like woman in her like 60s or something that's this drug lord's wife and uh and and yeah within like a few scenes she's just sort of like walking around his filthy trailer cleaning up and nagging him yeah and it's it's like she's his his wife or something and it seems to be like they have an actual love that blossoms and then he has to give her up and she's actually reluctant to go maybe one reason it doesn't work for me is like so Trevor himself the character is already I mean, okay, Grand Theft Auto games are satire, right? Yes. Like, in, 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 but he's already commentary on this is this is a character that the the media has always portrayed Grand Theft Auto games as. Oh, this is a you know 
you're, tra- you're turning kids into psychopaths because they can do all this crazy stuff. And finally, they're like, we are going to actually create a character in the universe that behaves the way basically the players always kind of act. Yes, with, the with way the lead Helen Lovejoy has always thought. But, but, right. reacted. It, but then in this scene, it's it's also that meta layer. So, so he's already a meta character. There's that meta layer of like, oh, but you're enjoying this violence you're doing, aren't you? You're doing torture directly. We're making you do this and you're enjoying it. And it's like, so you're, you're stacking layers of meta upon meta. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I just feel uncomfortable and awkward and really didn't need to. I think there isn't think there even like special controls for I the. I think it was tor- supposed to make you uncomffortable and awkward. I, I know, but that that was the only reason I brought up him kidnapping uh, the drug dealer's wife and like she's her own woman and I love her to death. Yeah. Then like look how he talks to his cousin's girlfriend. Right. It is yeah. just uh, it is just misogynistic psychopath. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. But yeah, then he gets yeah, to be yeah. super enlightened later and like as if. You know, in a very South Parkian way, like, uh, well, we tied up that one with a resolution and therefore it never happened. Like, not really. It's a little clunky. And I love Trevor as a character. I'm not saying that at all. We'll talk about him forever because mm-hmm. he, he's interesting. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I, I still think there's something clumsy about it, especially when, like, Rockstar really seemed to take the realism approach and lean away from jetpacks and San Andreas. <laughs> and, well, yeah. And, and I think that's one of the other reasons it fails for me is when... So I, GTA games can be serious, and over the years they tried to get a bit more serious, but they are always still very much satire, you know. And and it's like because they have to be. Like you can't you can't be overly serious and then have Cluck and Bell be on the corner, which is a commentary on Taco Bell and stuff. Like you you know, there, there's that can't have weird... a coffee bean with a, like a coffee shop with a vagina logo or right. a bowling right. place with a dick and ball. They're all. By the way, I will fight to the death to have in the next game. I think that's <laughs> please. And and so I think yeah those games are always best played and at their best at their best when it's kind of like yeah we're we're a little tongue in cheek with everything we're doing here but then when they try to pull off the rarely entirely serious scene it's like wait you're gonna try this now you guys are gonna try this now like nah I, I should say, I should say I applaud them for trying but part of the part of the flaw of releasing it over again is the same problem like say the Simpsons had with a poo lately if the simpsons was a regular animated show that lived and died in five years and it got brought up 30 years later that a character was insensitive it wouldn't be an issue but it's still here and now this game won't leave us (laughs) and so like and there are more people talking about these types of things than ever before when the game was first released i do find it bizarre like yeah the original game here and uncut like this is going to be a shit show, I think, <laughs> when people play this for the first time, when there's nothing available, nothing available at launch for the PS5, by the way. Nothing available at launch, which is the case for, like, every new console. But, but what if Bug Snacks is out at launch? Bug Snacks might be there for you, but it'll mm. also be on Steam. And I don't know why. <laughs> so I, do, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, that's know. probably a good point to bring this discussion to a screeching halt and move <laughs> on to some uh, PS5 news and some new releases and some other stuff, which we will get to right after this. So stay tuned. Strings, killing kings, and all pinky rings, seizing control of the whole game. I took a pull from the blunt and held and blew the smoke from my lungs into the world of hip hop civilians, turning to soldiers by the millions. Assassins, we multiply by the masses. Masters of the game Every move you make Through manipulation Is the move I choose For you to take You see What I want you to see And you turn into Whatever I want you to be Whether it be Enemy or ally The aftermath Results in soul assassins Worldwide 
let's get scratching. Hello, fellow nerf herders. Did you not like Last Jedi, Rise of the Skywalker, or would you just prefer a majority of Star Wars fans take a slow walk into a volcano? What I'm saying is, are you sick of Star Wars? Well, I thought I was, but my co-host Jeremy and Adam beg to differ. Except when they don't. Get ready for a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hate, and a whole lot of geeky therapy in our new series, Sick of Star Wars, with a big giant question mark, exclusively available at patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a little taste. My monkey. I think Obi-Wan's a pretty solid character. I mean, he's my favorite character in the, in the trilogy by far. I, and I've seen def- I've seen defenses of it because, like, Obi-Wan is boring in Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when he's whiny. He's, he's boring annoying. and whiny because yeah. he's a young... He's a, he's a borderline youngling, dude. He's, he's a youngling. Yeah, and in the second movie, Anakin's the same way. I went to... I looked up a weird thing, and I'm sorry I did it, and I have to mention it. I went to look up <laughs> movies about Hitler. To watch a movie about what is essentially a monster, I think... Go to a rabbit, dude. <laughs> has it's been kind of a pat idea for anyone to make a movie about Hitler's Hitler from like a kid to dictator. Yeah. That's been done once from what I can find. A really? miniseries with Robert Carlyle hmm. from Train Spotting. Everything else almost everything focuses on like his last days or like well, him, yeah. him as a struggling well, artist. That- and that's because they, you know, people are afraid to try to humanize that person. That's exactly why I think it is, exactly. and that's why yeah. that's why I think this movie flip flops so much because Obi Wan should have been the main character. It should have been clear that Obi Wan is the main character, but yeah. the reality is Anakin is because he has the most going on. He's got uh, he's got goals. Obi Wan doesn't. He has other people in his life. Obi Wan doesn't. Mm-hmm. He has desires. Obi Wan doesn't. Oh, that's sick of Star Wars. Available exclusively at patreon.com slash laser time, along with weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive bonus podcasts, and more for just five bucks. And that's in addition to the brand new show, Sick of Star Wars, an angst written podcast saga told in nine parts. Listen long and prosper. This is so wizarding. All the pigs are all lined up. I give you all that you want. Take the skin and peel it back. Motherfucking bug snacks. That is the uh, earworm of the summer uh, brought to you by my urge to not push this button in a timely manner. I may have changed the lyrics somewhat and replaced them with ones from Nine Inch Nails' March of the Pigs. Yeah, why did, how did you Richard Cheese March of the Pigs? <laughs> Uh, motherfucking Bug Snacks. What else is uh, happening lately? Well, Bug Snacks is not a new release. That is a Sadly, far off release, no. Michael. Yeah, no, no, someday, new... someday in our in our hearts, it's a new release in our hearts. There's really only one new release that matters. Uh, not to take anything away I mean, from the it, other games, that hugely matters, which is Last yeah. of Us Two. But we haven't played that yet. We haven't played that yet. You, we'll all be playing this at the same time. We can only conjecture about it uh, at this yes. point. Um, yes. We have played a couple of things that did come out this week desperados desperados 3 yes the the sequel to the long forgotten desperados pc franchise originally by infogrims yeah they finally came to their senses and released a desperado game (laughs) yeah i did it i did it i hate that the space ghost version of that song can't be sung anymore because it's super offensive but uh oh no uh i love the original uh yeah i like the eagles that's the one thing i disagree with the dude on in big lebowski uh anyway um Yes, Desperados, uh, the, if if you did not buy it, a free demo was available as part of the Steam Summerfest or something like that, mm-hmm. um, it, 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 that I downloaded and played. It's, it's quite a long demo. It, it, you know, it's, it's pretty, it, it takes you through a tutorial and then like the first one and a quarter missions or so. Um, but Spaghetti Western RTS. 
RTS is kind of misleading. It's a stealth. It's well, a stealth R- RTS. RTS right? in that you have like a handful of uh, desperados, like you know, Western heroes, anti-heroes that you can control in turn, yeah. and uh, it yeah, it's it's a stealth game where you are. You get you if you right click on guards, you can see like what their line of sight is as they're looking right. around, and it's yeah. all about like misdirection and uh, trying to get the drop on dudes and uh, sneaking around in bushes. But you can also just go in guns blazing. Well, you sort eventually. of can. You only you only have two two shots, and then you got to reload. Um, what I it, interestingly enough, I think it, it's a good comparison to The Last of Us 2. Like, I've always described The Last of Us 1 as this is a game where you come upon an area and sort of have to solve the puzzle of how do I get through this place while either killing certain monsters or avoiding other monsters. This game's very much that. It's like, how do I either sneak around the enemies or distract them so they're looking over here so I can throw my knife at them? Or if I encounter the doctor character, he's going to have his bag that will blind them and then I can go yep. up and, and inject them with a deadly thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also like do do like an action pause where it's just like, okay, now I'm gonna set up the next action and I hit return to execute. So yeah. you can you it, can buy yourself some time to think if you like. Yeah, you, you can plot out several moves in advance and then just hit an execute button and you can do stuff simultaneous. That that's where if you want to do stuff at the same time with characters like, okay, you take out this guy while I take out this. Mm-hmm. And I you know, I was saying like I've always asked for more Western games I just hadn't thought of this genre when asking for them, but I guess, yeah, that's that's what would come with it, is people will try and experiment with, with all different genres, and I thought this was really fun. I Not necessarily my type of game, I'm not, I'm not an RTS guy. Yeah. Um, there's I a guess, game on I guess it would be more of like an RTT, it's a real-time tactics game. Yeah, that's a, that's probably a better way of putting it. There, there's a game we'll talk about on this list this week that I did love, it's another stealth game that's tactics that I would no, prefer more. Uh, Invisible Ink uh, uh. coming to Switch, but but I I think Desperados Three is actually pretty fun. It's it's interesting bit of counter programming against The Last of Us Two, and you got to they got some balls to release yeah. against that game. So. Got some balls, some balls. Uh, also got some balls is uh, Disintegration, which uh, came out. I was playing it on Steam a bit, and uh, it is like a weird hybrid of first person shooter and RTS. In yes. that you are you are a hover cycle operator, and so you can jump around and shoot at dudes, and sort of fly. And uh, while you're doing this, you can click around on the battlefield and move troops around. And so it'd be like, okay, I'm gonna have my troops distract this guy while I skirt around and get get the angle on him and, and shoot him from behind, or vice versa. And well, my troops have like special recharging abilities that I can trigger in the middle of combat that do cool things. And so it's, it's, it's sort of like having to juggle these two play styles simultaneously. And yeah, it's, it's fun. I played through the tutorial basically, but it's uh, like what Halo was promised to be the original OG. Kinda, kinda. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they ran with it. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So the other one, this, this is not a new game, but it's new on switch. If you have never played invisible ink, it's also, I believe on sale on steam, like clay is having a huge sale. Um, Invisible Ink is a stealth turn-based tactics game that is one of the best turn-based tactics games I've ever played. If you listen to the Giant Bombcast a few years ago, you might remember the notorious stall of where Austin Walker was basically arguing for this game to be included in their top ten, where he filibustered it, it onto the list. Um, it's quite good, and I think it'd be a really good Switch game, so if you've never checked that out, uh, check that out now. Um, another Switch release... 
DLC, none of us, I don't think any of us are playing the base game, but that, uh, the first Sword and Shield, uh, DLC, Isle, Isle of Armor came out this week. Mm, sword, Shield, and Armor now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, also, Persona 4 Golden hit PC late last yeah. week. And, uh, if you've ever wanted to play a Vita game in 4K, now's your chance. And it's only uh, $20. That yeah. game is fucking awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really good. And now you can play it on, on a real platform. Hey, a lot of people were joking like, wow, the last reason to ever tell someone to buy a Vita just went away because that thing is now now on PC. That will happen to the Wii U eventually as well, gentlemen. Eventually, they'll they'll just port over every – it's got to be with that Mario game is the last holdout, right? <laughs> yeah. Mario uh, 3. Well, allegedly uh- – and they were supposed to stream something this week and didn't. So well, the rumor yeah. is it's, it's yeah. coming. But uh, no, I, I'm looking forward to playing that one. I'm sort of drowning in a world of JRPGs right now, so I don't have time to get to Persona 4 Golden, but it's on the wish list of like, yeah, I'll get to this eventually. But uh, I've heard nothing but amazing things. So Yeah. It's favorite, favorite pause menu of all time. Hmm. Okay. Okay. High mm-hmm. praise. But yeah, Last of Us 2, again, uh, all we can do is conjecture at this point. I've uh, read some of the reviews, and they're kind of hamstrung by the, at the time that we're recording this. Like, Sony has that strange embargo in place in that, like, reviews came out last Friday, but the they weren't allowed to discuss certain things. And a friend of the show, Cap Bailey, actually wrote an interesting essay about how, like, this is hamstringing meaningful discussion because we can't discuss what some of these criticisms mean without going into this uh, spoiler territory that Sony's laid down. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say, I've been trying to avoid as much about this game as I can because I don't want to get spoiled on it, and especially mm-hmm. when they had those leaks. Very. This might be the first time where I feel like I've heard more reviews of the reviews of a game than about the game itself. Like I've I've seen the discussion a lot. I've been about like, well, yeah, what? You can't you can't argue people aren't bored right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and and for me, I'm just like, all right, you guys can have that discussion over here. I'm gonna play my video game. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm I'm just excited to play it. Uh, I'm I'm hoping I can avoid spoilers, but. Uh, Experience going on YouTube to search for literally anything has taught me that I cannot avoid spoilers because they will inevitably pop up and YouTube will be like, oh, you you don't want to see this video anymore, this specific video, because you didn't like it? That's that's the only reason, right? You don't mm-hmm. want to block out this channel because they post spoilers? Because we can't do that. Does you, YouTube not have, like, you know, Twitter has those filters. You can straight up be like, don't show me tweets with these words in them. Maybe. I wonder if YouTube. I'm still, I'm still has shocked. That. I I never spoiled Last of Us one for myself, and I finished that game like Jesus, like three months ago for the first time. Mm-hmm. And I remember saying like, Michael, I know what happens. Blah blah blah. And you're like, that doesn't happen. That was the closest thing I had to a spoiler. <laughs> and and like, oh, fine. That I guess it doesn't happen this one time. And like, oh, no, dude, I, I'm shocked actually. <laughs> yeah. So it, 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 I do want to play. Th- I'm with you guys. I want to play through this thing surprise because it did it's it's lack of a shocking ending surprised me hmm. the original i i think you know i think it's safe to say it's been safe to say for several years like when naughty dog releases games they are events and they're things that the type of games that all three of us that you're listening to 
we love our story-based games, you know, um, with big campaign, meaty campaign experiences. So yeah, I've been big meaty campaign. Uh, uh, I've been looking forward to this game. I'm making for a long like time. boob motions in the cameras. I say you this. didn't have to reveal that. Right. Yes, I did. <laughs> the joke wouldn't have worked otherwise. Big meaty campaigns. Go on. I mean, big natural campaigns. You could have been talking about a big meaty throbbing other body part, but hey, whatever, yeah, whatever you're into, just a Michael. Single. Long, fat campaign. You're talking about my long butt. I know it. I know you <laughs> are. Clearly, Michael's more of a breast man than an ass man, is all uh, I'm saying. Uh, yeah, so that's all, all the new releases. Yeah. All right, well. Oh, for the first time ever, we have a very special all-new segment that I need Chris's help with. So, Chris, kick off our brand new segment called... This Week in COVID Cancellations. You're not going to believe this. It's a razzmatazz rum dum dugger of a new segment. You sound like the critic. Why do you sound I, like the critic? I do. <laughs> um, so this is just a quick one. So PAX, PAX West was officially canceled and is online only, as is PAX Australia. Uh, uh, canceled, except that it's now a nine-day event. Yes, nine-day nine day online event. So um, PAX West typically takes place in Seattle over the Labor Day weekend, Labor Dayber. And PAX Australia usually has Fortunately, happens- Seattle's got its own autonomous zone now. And... Uh, <laughs> They really need to true. <laughs> make some I, homeless people look listless and scary for Fox News. Camp. I hear they they've had. It. I hear it's, the Chaz has recently had an outbreak of Photoshop ninjas. You guys are so <laughs> behind on the news. It's the chop, baby. Chaz is so yesterday. What, what does chop, chop stand for? Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Capital Hop. Yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> yes, Chaz it's, is it's like when I hop became the burger hop. You know, it's yeah. it's like that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so PAX is, is, is online now. Um, they, uh, yeah, it's a nine day event that's going to be free and they're going to try to replicate as much as they can digitally. Here's their quote. PAX online will serve as a digital space encompassing everything fans love about PAX Australia and West annual bash, including surprising game reveals, hands on demos, thrilling esports tournaments, a carefully curated selection in the indie showcase, as well as new partnerships bringing the virtual show floor to life. Uh, somehow, I don't think Tycho wrote that. I think that's Reed Pop writing that writing that copy. But uh, yeah, they, yeah, they also missed the part where they'll be sending donors uh, their <laughs> a scratch and sniff card of five different bos to give you. The, <laughs> Ooh, to give you to, whatever. Pax is one of the stinkiest. <laughs> They're all pretty stinky. Spoken like a man who's never been to Gamescom. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, yes, I've never been to a European games. <laughs> Gamescom is pretty bad. Um, but hey, you know, whatever. Uh, then the other thing that we all know, we knew this was happening last week and we couldn't talk to you about it because it had not happened yet, but Sony's big PS5 reveal. Woo-hoo! Yeah, you guys, you guys ended up leaking some of this shit in the fucking June. <laughs> Like a uh, two week from now, thirty twenty ten game say, segments. You could not. Don't talk worry, that about won't it. come out before this show. We're safe. Here. I know. <laughs> I know. That's how badly we want to talk. I remember, like, just the next day, I'm like, can we just record again? Yeah. God damn yeah. it. 
yeah, I don't know if those have come out by now, but you have not one but two 30 2010 game things that we've recorded recently to look forward yeah. to, folks. Um, and that's at patreon.com slash laser time. Anyway, uh, this event, by the way, this PS5 event, I thought it was worth noting. Uh, it's YouTube views are, are they, as of this week, we're sitting at over 80 million. That is double. The PS4's first E3, which was at 40 million, and way higher than the PS4 reveal event, which was at 53 million. So people are fucking like Christmas Singerler. They're really bored right now, and they're really hype well, right now. And, and that, like, but remember we we talked about Sony delaying their event. I have never seen an E3 live stream advertised on Adult Swim, and if, mm-hmm. in every wow. commercial break of, of Adult Swim during like the Rick and Morty finale, they Sony advertised this stream. I, I got to be honest like it didn't we knew there was no e3 but nothing felt like ign was trying their thing and Mm -hmm. it didn't feel big this felt like a big e3 event and i'm like fuck yeah yeah, we got some big reveals well big especially because have you seen the projected size of that thing like people have made uh both photoshops and mock-ups of it based on the size of the usb uh sockets and the disk drive and if they are right it is like one third as tall, uh, one third, one and one third as tall as the Xbox One X. So this is a towering system. I want them to be wrong. I want them to those sockets to actually be micro USB, so the thing would actually be ten times it's, as tall. It's, it's both, actually. It's like it's <laughs> oh, like no. a regular USB and then a USB C right next to so it. So I I know shit. I unfortunately have a house with a fucking built-in entertainment center from like. Like when Charles in charge was popular, it's awful, and I keep having to like knock shit out. And I actually had to take measurements. I'm like, unless I want to get rid of, you, you know, you know the plight. Everyone listening, you yes. don't want to get rid of your Xbox One and your PS4 just to make room for the new shit. But it's like I don't. If the PS4 is the right size, I don't have to cut any holes. Go to Home Depot, cut wood, or take a sledgehammer to this thing. So this thing for me, like my my biggest thing now is like I have to do a lot of work if this thing is not under fifteen inches, and it might not be. I don't think <laughs> it is. It's pretty big. It, yeah, people. Uh, I saw a lot of a lot of memes made about this thing, um, which might mean it. Like I, I've also heard like it's practically silent, so it might be actually really efficient at cooling itself. I, I hope we'll see. it looks yeah, a, it part looks of that part of the, that is just measuring proper ventilation because I think mm-hmm. the Xbox Series X they've said is it allows the ventilation to, to squirt out the top like a beautiful volcanic ejaculation. Yeah. Whereas in any it, case, both of these things are going to pump so much heat out into yeah. your, the room that they're in, you yeah. won't need a space heater. I mean that that that, that PS5 is the first game system I have ever seen with visible vents. Hmm. Like really, in in Xbox One Series X. Sorry, yeah. We, we saw those weird triangle, like boomerang looking dev kits and everyone's like, how the hell are they going to make that into a home system? And this is how they do it. They make it look like a router or a PS4 that someone left in an envelope. Like it looks, yeah. it's, it's, in, it's in my opposite, my thing. opposite of hot take. I think it's a bold design and I am personally sick of black rectangles. Like, yeah, I, I, I admire like take it take a bold step with your console. Make me remember it. It's why we fucking give a shit about like the NES and the Super Nintendo because they look fucking stupid. It's like the the Xbox One X, like most powerful console on the market. Then why does it look like a PS2? Yeah, can, can you imagine? Factor. Can you imagine being nostalgic for the aesthetic of the Xbox One or the PS4? Here, here's a here's a truly Boring. ice cold take. Um, I don't know about you guys, but when I play video games. 
I never look at the console. I don't give a shit what the console looks like. I look at the TV and what the console is doing. But it looks nice sitting on a shelf. It doesn't. I don't give a shit. If you if you value that kind of thing where you're like, ah, look at these electron, look at the stuff I've collected. Let me tell you a little bit about late stage capitalism, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) and maybe get over yourself. It's a fucking tool to play games, and you're a tool if you give a shit about what it looks like. I still like the the live in the now. Look like like make make a modern looking device that will look modern for three years, not not five or seven, but but three. I, I just I, I, that's all people could talk about, and I'm like, can we talk about the games? Because the games are exciting. Before I get to the games, though, I should mention they show two versions. Uh, one is digital only, and the other has a disc drive. You would have to assume the disc drive will be slightly more expensive than than yeah. the. the it's just a only. matter of how much. We were talking about that off off mic, just because depending, all the rumors are leaning towards Microsoft being like offering a much cheaper option, and that the PS5 is going to be a little more expensive, especially mm. the optical version. It's the same thing I said about when friends asked me if I should get a discless system. Like, do you really want to cut out the option? Like, yeah. pay an extra... Th- I'm playing Horizon Zero Dawn after this event and talking to you guys like, you haven't played that? I'm like, no, but I did buy it in a Black Friday sale for $8. That game has never been $8 digitally. Remember what I told you guys my big find this week? I found yeah. Shadow of War, a relatively new game for a dollar at the local dollar store. I was yeah, like, man. this has to have been a mistake. This fell off a truck somewhere, didn't it? A dollar. That's crazy. I, I buy mostly digital, but I, I don't, I'm really uncomfortable with the idea of cutting myself off from disc based options yeah. of any kind, especially if one of these things has to, my Xbox One is my media player. It plays my Blu-rays. I, I think it's worth us speculating. Like, if it's a fifty-dollar price point, it doesn't matter to me. If yeah. you're talking like a hundred dollars difference, then I'm probably going to go. I promise you, it's a hundred dollars. I, I, I've, I've heard people talking about like the possibility of a hundred dollars price difference, and it's like that seems steep for an optical drive. But then somebody pointed out, uh, do you know what a 4K Blu-ray player actually costs? Because yeah. that's what this is. They, they retail for around a hundred and fifty. And I wish that yeah. was me, but I was the one pointing out to you who wanted to build another arcade machine like all of these prices have gone up by like 30 percent because of covid Hmm. uh every every single pc part from hard drives like i can't even get fucking headphones for this goddamn podcast because they're just gone what i hope they don't do that they probably will They'll do the one with the disc drive, but it'll be part of some premium bundle that'll include like an extra controller and headphones so that you're like, I guess I'll do that version. It will be $100. And and I I only know this because when Microsoft released its discless Xbox, it was $20 less. It like it, yeah. it it didn't cut the price at all. That one wasn't worth it at all. It's just like, what are you doing? You know? Oh, but it wasn't No, I guess both the one S's played the four K, right? They played four K mm-hmm. uh they were 4K Blu-rays. capable for, for Blu-ray, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 4K. Anyway, 4K. And the P the, the optical drive PS5 looks pregnant, and I love that. It's it got a growth, yeah. It's got a little weird little bump. Um, yeah, they also showed in addition to just straight up the two consoles, there will be a wireless headset. They showed the DualSense and then the DualSense charging station and a PS5 remote. Which, goddamn, that feels like two generations ago. Do we really need dedicated remotes for our game? Uh, if you're using one as your media machine, that Xbox remote is a fucking godsend. You don't have to constantly turn a controller on, wear out your batteries. It lights up when you touch it. It's instant. I love it. And like, seriously, if it can have like the right apps on it, like, dude, I I feel whenever my dad buys a new TV, he doesn't have a game console. And 
every one of those interfaces are shitty as fuck. Oh, they're the yeah, worst. They're bad. They're bad. All your every game console handles all of your apps way better. Right. And 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 that will be a deciding factor. I'm not kidding on which one I buy first cuz if I'm going to either need to cut new holes or like f- f- build a hole for my subwoofer like I, I like I got to know which one of these things is going to be my media device mm. if I'm going to replace something. So I I want to make sure there were so many games announced. I I don't know that we're going to have time to talk about all of them. Maybe just call it. Stop me when when you when. Well, there's bugs. I do want to say one thing. Like as I was, I was you know talking to you guys while it was going on. I put it on my TV via YouTube, and it did not do it any favors at 30 frames a second and a highly artifacted 1080p video. Yeah, it was. Yeah, one of the more disappointing things I've watched is like I know what these specs can do. I know this looks good, and, and I know one of the biggest things I, I thought was cool that Sony talked about before this was video game audio hasn't changed in, in two generations, and we want to we want to fix that. And that was the headset as part of that, and they just haven't talked mm-hmm. about it more yet. Like yeah. we have the video game world has done absolutely nothing to innovate sound in any way. Yeah, uh, in the last three generations, and Sony's like we're, we they they mentioned like three D audio. I don't know what that means, but like I, you will never be able to show someone that over a fucking Twitch stream, you know. And yeah. that's what I look forward to learning more about. And, and I know these systems are going to look good. And it was only disappointing because like it was a nonstop barrage of new IP. But I couldn't, other than like having a context that Ratchet and Clank looks upgraded. Like I, dude, I can't tell from streaming this video footage. I got to see it in person. And I yeah. it made me miss E3. I mean, there was going to be a trade off. Like they're everyone's working from home. They had to do one of these big reveals when everyone's working from home. I get why it couldn't be 60 frame per second, 4k stream, but it, it it was unfortunate. I, to be honest though, I don't give a shit. Everything still looked amazing and I'm still super hyped for it. Starting with, I think probably my biggest reveal of the show. Uh, it's one or two (laughs) Spider-Man miles Morales. I could Uh, not be happier and I don't care what the fuck it is. Miles appeared in that game. We all saw this coming. Uh, I'm fine with whatever this product is. And it's coming this year, mm-hmm. holiday 2020. Um, they did have to clarify after the show because people are like, well, is this an expansion? Is this a standalone DLC? Is this a full game? And it sounds like uh, the story changed a few times, so I might have it wrong now. It's you're going to get an upgraded version of Spider-Man from 2018, as well as this Miles Morales kind of it's a separate mini it's a separate campaign, so yeah, it is they, kind of a new said, game. But you also get the original game. If I, if I may quote, I want to, I want to quote Kingpin from Into the Spider Verse. This could have been DLC Spider Man, but it's not. It's <laughs> just. <laughs> I, I think. I think there was some confusion. I think it was Sony that came out and said it was DLC, and that got people disappointed. And then Insomniac came out and said, like, no, no, it, uh, it it's a standalone game on par with Uncharted: Lost Legacy, and then someone. Asked Insomniac Games official Twitter source. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Appreciate and, uh, that for a second. A Sony exec called it an expansion, and and I be- I believe they clarified to say it is not a brand new product. It is using the pieces of uh, Spider Man. Right, well, right. expansions are underrated. People think it right. means like three hours of DLC. Yeah, and do you think? For a second, you're gonna have Miles Morales with no Brooklyn? Hmm. Are you fucking nuts? 
Well, it, that's the it, thing is, it's also like when you have an open world game campaigns, you can build entire campaigns, hours and hours worth of story because, yeah, you can reuse a lot of the world assets in the open mm-hmm. world. And so that's that's how they're able to turn this around. But it's also like this is optimized for PS5. So it's kind of even the original game if you if you had never played it like shame on you but then yeah you'll be able to play this in like and take advantage of everything ps5 can do and, and do you do you remember game, like so. when they that the, those first wired details leaked about the ps5 and they were talking about like the limitations and how how much better like it's not a sata sata cable um sata cable am i saying that right for the solid state hard drive, but they were even talking about the original Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man is limited at the speed he can travel is limited by how fast they can the load assets can yeah. within the environment. Yeah. But, and this, but, yeah, it's the it's the M2 SSD, that, which is like a type of SSD that actually looks like a little printed circuit board that mm-hmm. just like plugs directly into the motherboard. And uh, motherboard. I've, I've gotten so spoiled by using those on PC. They load so fast, and that's with software that isn't really optimized for them. Right. Yeah. So I think, like, if they are designing software exclusively for this one hardware profile that relies on that, like, it's going to be super fucking fast. We we said it. We said it like it was a feature for the Spider-Man game. It it's traversal. It made it. It made more sense to travel uh, manually where you wanted to go because fast travel meant loading. Mm-hmm. This takes away that option, so like, or it, it it lessens that loading, like being reduced by up to eight times. Yeah. I can't. Which is kind of sad because that means we won't get those scenes on the subway anymore. Mm-hmm. Eh, there'll, probably, there'll probably be a way to see stuff like that. Speaking of things optimized for the hard drive, I was really excited to see the Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart uh, announcement because. That game has portals inside of it. And one, I was kind of watching this. I think I had three Blake different portals. chats pulled up. I had Sorry. three different chats pulled up at the time. And, and actually a member of the dev team that I work on pointed this out. He goes, Oh, that's going to take huge advantage of those SSDs because they'll be able to imagine an entire level or world through the portal will just huh. be able to instantly load and all the shit they can do with the portals wow. is like, and I was like, Oh, you're very smart. And that's exactly what they're doing with that. That's going to be awesome. I didn't. I didn't think about that. I thought that was just going to be like some poorly utilized Bioshock Infinite gimmick. And but I can see what you're saying. Well, plus like that last Ratchet and Clank, Clank game, people didn't give it enough love and attention. Like they thought it was a movie tie-in. It was an excellent Ratchet and Clank game. I love that game, yeah. and it's we're long overdue for one. Um, I, I sorry guys, we just got to get through. There's so many games. Anyone excited for Gran Turismo 7, it, which is like the most no, obvious thing they could no. do? Yeah. The, hey, the wheels looked very, very round. Um, what did I say? Gran Turismo is to games what baseball is to sports. Like, <laughs> enough. It's, yeah, Millennials I mean, Forza don't has care. replaced it. For and me, I'd rather play a Forza game. Um, Project Athea is that new Square Enix uh, mm. franchise, which looked interesting. Uh, Stray is the cat game that yeah. everyone Yay! loves. Pro- probably one of the darlings other than uh, Bug Snacks was Stray. That, yeah, uh, did, that, I think yeah. my favorite Photoshop to come out of that was one that like, just turned the PS5 logo into <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> Which I found out that game was originally called HK in production, and it's it's apparently based in uh, Hong Kong's Kowloon Walled City. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, is was, Returnal, was Returnal the one that looks like Groundhog Day, but sci-fi space Groundhog Day? or Or Lived I Repeat a little bit? I believe it was. Uh, there's a new Sackboy dedicated campaign game that they showed. Mm. Okay. Uh, Kena, Bridge of Spirits, looked very cameo to me personally. I don't know. Did you guys think I thought it looked cool? That? 
You look cool, yeah. yeah. Uh, new Oddworld game, Oddworld Soulstorm. Yeah, the oh first my. new Oddworld game in like 400 years. 15 years, oh my god. I mean, they've been doing all these like remakes and remasters that kind of have gone under the radar. But yeah, this is the first new one. Uh, they mm-hmm. showed off what Ghostwire Tokyo actually plays like, and boy, it is not Ooh. what I was imagining from that, those that previous headless trailers. headless schoolgirl in the sailor outfit. <laughs> but it's it's all about like the, it's first person with the hands, and you're like casting mm-hmm. spells and stuff, right? Cool. Uh, they showed off more of that game, Godfall, uh, which kind of looks uh, like Dark Soulsian almost. Um, Solar Ash is another one they showed off. Uh, Hitman 3, which I am very excited for. I loved uh, the Hitman reboot and its sequel. So uh, this is one I'm a little bummed that they didn't announce it for VR, but there's just an Astrobot game that's just a straight-up platformer Astrobot game. I don't know if that game works without VR, but it is... I'll, oh, fine, fuck it. It's the best VR game on PSVR, maybe yep. other than Tetris Effect. Yep. I mean, the Astrobots showed up in like the 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 playroom thing for for PlayStation camera or audio yes, or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, they've been around, but this is like just seems like a like a little three D platformer. Hmm. Little Devil Inside. Um, I saw a lot of people getting excited for this one. Yeah, uh, new NBA Two mm-hmm. K. Whatever, we get it. Uh, Bug sure Snacks. Bug snacks is the one where you like you eat bugs and fruit and then you get their hands. I don't get it. What the fuck's yeah, going on? I'm not entirely sure, but it's by the people behind Octodad, so that's amazing. And also, uh, apparently, it plays like Ape Escape, so okay. <laughs> that I'm should in. be fun. Death Loop is Arcane's new joint that, to me, looks like a typical Arcane game, like Dishonored meets mm. Nolf. Anyone remember Nolf? No one lives forever. No, like, yeah. kind of Although this, little... this one has kind of like a gritty '70s exploitation yeah, movie vibe to it. Norwegian, yeah. I'd like to fuck. What does that mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no one lives. No forever. one, I'd love to fuck. Mm. Um, Resident Evil Village, Resident mm. Evil Eight. Holy shit! Yeah, it looks cool. See, I had to fucking click on an article today. Like rumors is this game is canceled. I'm like what? No. No. Uh, well, it was. They're speculating that the current gen version might not be. A I mean, thing. we didn't even know there was a current gen version right. coming. So okay, right. yeah. depending on when that comes out, that could be the case. If that's a 2022, 2023 game, I could see it. If that is mm-hmm. next year game, no way. It's still coming. Um, but yeah, that one. It, it's as had previously been reported. It looks to be carrying on the seven thing, right? It's first person. Yes. So they're, they're, I, it's they're still it's still only out. bizarre that that Resident Evil has become basically a Mario game. Do you know how many Resident Evil SKUs were on PS3? So many. So it's, with, it's with origins absurd. and zeros and all, all kinds of shit and spinoffs and Wii remakes and D makes yeah. and remakes. I think they pretty and, much all come out for PS4, right? Uh, no, no, not at all. Like a bunch of that, a bunch of that Wii shit you forget about. But, oh, uh, Umbrella Chronicles. Yeah, that didn't make it to to core consoles, but like, mm-hmm. dude, trust me. I remember I was working there, and like, we had fifteen Resident Evil games come out last year. Is that possible? Different SKUs, and 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 so I do find it a little weird that like, yeah, there was one new Resident Evil game. Well, that's not true, is it? Um, there 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 were basically three new Resident Evil games, but you yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. The remakes of two and three count. Mm-hmm. My number two favorite thing they showed, uh, Horizon Forbidden West, nice. uh, which after the show they clarified this week, uh, that's not coming till 2021, unfortunately. Uh, agony. Sorry. It's fine. I, I didn't so play bad. Horizon Zero Dawn till after the stream, and I am 
I've gone from smitten to like I don't want to hunt anything anymore. I don't want to. I don't want to talk to another human being in this hunt, game. Hunt, I'm done. That's one of those games where you can overpower yourself if you just get lost I in the did. hunting, like I did. And I would just I encourage did. you just keep doing the story stuff. It gets it's oh, fascinating. The, the, the story puts itself at a level that is ten under my own because yeah, I just that's what I'm saying. You I over you you can overgrind yeah. that game very very easily. And and one thing like about that game also uh, there are basically two main story threads to follow mm. and one of them finding out what happened to the old world i found far more fascinating than whatever was happening in the current world mm. Mm. Um, okay. and and i'm i'm eager eager to see more development of what happened uh with say ted pharaoh that fucking asshole I bet he's still alive. I kind of feel like they revealed all that. I, I, I'm anxious to see what else they have to say about yeah, that. He's, stuff. That that spoiler. He sealed himself up in a pyramid, and I bet he's still alive. He's Pyramid Head from Silent Hill. Yeah. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. I was thinking more like Mr. House from Fallout New Vegas, but anyway. Go My ahead. number three thing that I'm most excited for that I forgot to put here in the notes is the rumors have been true. They're remaking Demon Souls. And oh, here's why nice. I'm excited. I was one of the only people I knew who bought Demon Souls, but I barely played it because I'm like, fuck, this is hard. And I think it was Tim Turry on Twitter said this, friend of the show, Tim Turry. He's like, Finally, another one of those games that I will get to play all the way through. If I just wait long enough, I'll get to play mm-hmm. all these amazing games. And I was like, yeah, we should just never play games. We should just always wait and we'll get the wait ultimate the versions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, was it was it GameSpot? They, they gave it their game of the year, Demon Souls. Wow. It was the weirdest game. I'm anxious to see if they bring in all that stuff they did with the servers of like, oh, it's a light side server or a dark server right now, depending on what mm-hmm. players did in the game. But that... Take Dark Souls and then add all kinds of weird systems that they decided not to carry forward into the sequels. And it's like, yeah, Demon's Souls is nuts, man. Uh, you're not ready mm-hmm. for it. So that was the PS5 event, and that felt the most E3-ish to me. Um, PC Gaming, the PC Gamer show also happened. And there was there was some stuff that, that was revealed in that show. Not as big, but, but still stuff. Love the PC Gamer show. Uh, Torchlight 3 uh, was announced as it's out now in early access. You can go get uh-huh. it. Uh, that's a game that I worked on, so I will recuse myself from this discussion. But yeah, it's out. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I was reading the Steam reviews. A lot of them are saying, like, this feels like a freemium mobile game that got turned into a full-size PC release. That's stupid. Okay. It's it's a PC game. Um, Persona 4 Golden, that's where they revealed that that was out on Steam. That was one of the biggest announcements of the show. Uh, the creator of DayZ revealed his new game, Icarus, um, which looks kind of cool. Uh, it's first-person survival game uh, with aliens. So, yeah, excited. Uh, gameplay. They showed gameplay of Evil Genius 2 uh, for the first mm. time, which was excellent. Um, they showed off the new big uh, Remnant DLC, Remnant from the Ashes DLC. Uh, that is coming August 20th, and that is called Subject 2923. Um, I know a lot of stuff about that that I'm not sure what was revealed or not, so I can't say anything, but you should be excited. It's one of the biggest pieces of content they will have released for Remnant, if you're a Remnant mm-hmm. fan. Chris. Uh, publisher Humble Games, they showed off a bunch of stuff, uh, new games. Um None of them. I was like, oh, that's a huge thing. But uh, it's nice to see that Humble's like doing their own games now. We talk about their 10 year anniversary. It's their 10 year anniversary this week. That's nuts. I can't remember Ooh, wow. if this was on a VGA or, or one of the bonus shows. They showed off more of that uh, Total War game, Troy. And that's the one, as a reminder, when it comes out in August, will be free for the first day. So fucking 
it's on the Epic Game Store, so get over yourself if you're anti-Epic Games. Uh, and if you're like me and have never tried Total War but have always been curious, now's a good time. Uh, they did confirm that new Mafia remake is is a complete remake from the ground up. Hangar 13 announced that. So, yeah, it's not just a remaster. Remake. That's why it's coming out after the other two, which were pretty much out immediately. Which I made a really bad joke on Twitter at Maddie C. Allen that, like, I wish they would have just called this Mafia Kawami. Then I would have been interested. <laughs> <laughs> well, on- only if uh, that that main character is, uh, like, dedicated to doing everything he can to not commit crimes. Right. A lot, lot of, uh, you know, yeah, a lot of porn video stores he has to visit and all mm-hmm, kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Got to build up a dominatrix's confidence. As a Life is Strange fan, I'm personally excited for Twin Mirror, which is the next game from Don't Nod Entertainment, which they also showed at the show. Uh, they revealed it back in 2018, but they showed a little bit more. And that's coming exclusive to Epic Games Store for a year. So uh, there was a bunch of other shit they showed, but that, that, that was kind of the biggest stuff that I'm reading here on Kotaku's summary of the event. So forgive me if I skipped anything. A game that was revealed earlier this week that came out of fucking nowhere, um, Star Wars Squadrons is coming this October. Yeah. It is X-Wing versus TIE Fighter looking. Hmm. Yeah. It's also out for pre-order now, I think for like 30 or 40. It's a $40 like, game. It's only yeah, with 40. With fucking yeah. VR support. God, I was like, with, I should pre-order damn. that. Like, wait a second. It'll be released digitally. I can just get it then. I gotta wonder... Either it's forty because it's pretty short campaign wise because it's it, it, this is EA Motive like they were they um, I think Jade Raymond was at that studio for a while, um, yeah. but the other theory I had of why it's forty is maybe it's not on next gen platforms it's only current gen so EA is like hey people want to buy the new hotness and so we can only charge forty for this either way I'm excited hmm. or maybe it's a live game that needs needs people to populate it before you can prove could be uh, they oh by the way that, that speaking of live games they did confirm there's going to be customization stuff in it that you have to unlock but it's only through gameplay no loot boxes gotcha EA you learned your lesson on Battlefront wow. two. We hear you. We understand. Well, interesting choice of words. Gotcha. Gotcha box. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha pawn. Um, mm-hmm. It will have both multiplayer and a single player campaign where you will play as both rebel fighters and empire uh, fighters. So it looks pretty cool. And to me, the empire side looked way more interesting than the rebel side. Just it saying. always does. Yep. 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 The night in the woods dudes teased a brand new game that looks very night in the woods esque. The art style at least did. Um, it just showed like a tombstone with like this symbolic stuff on it that looked straight up like the sketches from Night in the Woods where there was like a moon and a pumpkin and a leaf and stars. And then above, b- below that, it just said a season above, a season below. And with the pumpkin on there, I'm like, ooh, is that a fall thing? Because I love games that take place around yeah. Halloween time. Apparently not a sequel though, so boo. I want to see more Mae Borowski. Uh, yeah, but also like I want... Whatever that team produces, I want to see what their yeah. next thing is. Yeah. So excited. Um, so did you guys like uh, Final Fantasy Theat Rhythm, Theatrhythm games? Yeah. Yeah. What are they doing with Kingdom Hearts? I did see something about this. Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory is oh, basically no. Kingdom Hearts Theatrhythm. It, it is a rhythm game using songs from the Kingdom Hearts franchise. So. This was all announced as part of a, uh, I want to say it was a key, the Kingdom Hearts 2020 reveal that, that happened earlier this week. 
where, in addition to this game, they revealed that the Kingdom Hearts series had a kind of a second phase in the works. And they already showed that in that phase, there are several games, which includes Remind, which was the DLC for Kingdom Hearts 3 that already came out. Uh, Kingdom Hearts Dark Road, which I think is the mobile thing. Uh, and then Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. By the way, um, if there's a Kingdom Hearts 4, you better play that fucking mobile game because the whole game will be based on plot points from that, guaranteed. <laughs> do, you feel, do you feel good about getting the complete Kingdom Hearts experiences like three months ago? Yeah. <laughs> and now you need to go buy a new phone so you can play the rest of it. In Phase 2, like kind of like Marvel phases, um, there were two empty spaces that are as yet unannounced. So lots of speculation on what those could be, but there's uh, shocking there's more Kingdom Hearts on the way. They did say a television show was in the works, and they mm. haven't announced a, n- a name for it. So I'm guessing that's one of them. So right. prepare yeah. to not we, be excited. We talked about that. Yeah, that's right. We did talk about that that TV show, how it is finally happening. But that leaves one more space for anything. Anything could happen, Chris. Come on. It's not like uh, Disney is hard to work with or anything. Give me a break. Or Square, for that matter. Not Apparently not with games. This is a Square problem, man. I don't think Disney is the issue here. Hmm. I, I know what it's like to like get assets approved by Disney. This is... These are square problems. It's like trying to fit a square <laughs> peg in a Mickey, hidden Mickey-shaped hey. hole, right? Uh, yeah, Keyblade. We could have used that. That's fine. <laughs> so, t- so two more, two more bits of news. This first one, I had to have someone explain to me why this is exciting because I've talked about it on the show before. I was too old when Pokemon became a big deal, but Pokemon mm-hmm. Snap was announced there's new pokemon snap is the new pokemon snap game uh that's coming to nintendo switch so i reached out to friend of the show tl foster um and said hey how come people are super excited for this because honestly all i remember pokemon snap is going into my local blockbuster and seeing the snap stations where you could print out stickers from shit out your stickers yeah uh he basically said he explained it to me and then Oddly enough, there was an article posted to US Gamer by Nadia Oxford um, explaining, hey, this is why people are so excited. And I was like, oh, see, I'm not the only one wondering. Uh, apparently at the time, this was before the Pokemon anime was over here and everything, Pokemon Snap was the first time where you they explored the lore of Pokemon and showed the Pokemon like in their own world doing their own thing. Before then, they were just very much things you captured in this little yeah. light RPG. Random encounters in a fucking overworld. So it helped bring these things that these all these kids grew up loving to life. And so that's why they're excited for it. Plus, TL's like, it's also a good game. It's not just... what All I remembered playing demos is like, you're on this roller coaster pod thing and you snap pictures of pokemon he's like yeah but there's also like puzzle elements you have to get them to turn a certain way by like throwing food at them and, and all kinds of things it's a so. pleasant nintendo response to the on-rail shooter you don't shoot you shoot interesting oddly enough this one is not developed by nintendo this time around it used to be how laboratory this one is a bandai namco joint uh they are they are developing the new pokemon snap i i, I heard one one interesting take on it from someone who was like but so when I was a kid, I liked it because, like, I didn't have a camera in my possession, let alone in my pocket at all mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. So that also made it novel. Whereas, like, now I'm just like, what? Why? Like, I'm just, why would I want to snap, fuck, like, so screenshot? Why would I take a picture of something? I don't want to remember this. Why would I, well, why would I want to screenshot a, a prolonged cutscene, essentially? <laughs> 
I'm going to make a prediction right now. A little bit like Animal Crossing, I can guarantee you the photos you take will automatically be saved to your Switch's memory card. And you're going to be, unless you have, like me, bought external memory cards to have like a bunch of extra memory in there, you're just going to be cleaning out and deleting all these fucking pictures you do not want on that memory card. But but more, more sad for me is this, this was a, you know, pretty major Nintendo announcement who they kind of skipped this week or they didn't have any E3 alternative. And then they just announced this. Does that mean we're getting like no kind of direct at all? How was, dare I'm you bummed. overlook Pokemon smile, which is the free app for mobile devices that helps teach kids how to brush their teeth. Cause actually as a parent, I'm super fucking excited for that. thing. I guess. <laughs> like, I mean, that's not exactly the act of hygiene I would have focused on right now, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, um, that that was part. Of the, these are all part of a, an announcement, like a Pokemon. Uh, it wasn't a Nintendo Direct; it was like a Pokemon Direct, and they so they showed off Snap, which people are very excited for, and then Pokemon Smile, which is like, hey, you know, for parents that are trying to teach your kids, like you, you need to brush more than the Michael Scott method of a few seconds. You got to get in there. Um, it's apparently what the app does is it kind of you frame your face in it and it's kind of like mini games where you try to like brush off these bacteria off the Pokemon's teeth or something like that. So it's like, Oh, that's really cute. And I wish I would have had that as a kid. Cause that's really fun sounding. So, Hey, it's I'm like excited. One of those creepy Elsa dentist uh, apps. It sounds like yeah. it sounds like, sounds it. like, yeah. In other app news aimed at kids. Um, I like to go out with a little bit of positive news cause the world is fucked right now. Uh, the FDA just approved a mobile game. That actually helps manage uh, symptoms of ADHD. So Endeavor RX has just been approved by the FDA after six years of clinical trials, so you know it works, to treat symptoms of a t- inattentive or uh, combined type ADHD. ADHD, um, as, I, as I can barely read this paragraph. Do you really think I can be salvaged at this point, FDA? <laughs> Do you really? So they, they, the game was designed, sorry, Chris, does not apply, uh, Use between kids between the ages of eight and twelve. Right. Uh, it's it's on iPhone and iPad. And then out of the studies, the most favorable showed that people who played this no longer had a measurable attention deficit on at least one measure of objective attention. Um, so yeah, so if you all they had to do was play it twenty five minutes a day, five days a week for four weeks in a row, and it actually had like noticeable results, which I think is really cool. And games, A, are art, but also can be used for positive change. And I love video games for things like this. So why not? That's all the news that is fit to play or Damn. brush your teeth to. I don't, I don't even know. want... I all sent right. you that news article about uh, AT&T wanting to sell Warner Brothers Game Division. Yes, sorry. I forgot to include that. Um, it's a rumor right now, and we don't report on rumors and speculation. I but don't know that it was that... It seemed like they were courting purchasers, and, and it makes sense because... A lot of bad shit's happening since AT&T is purchased. I, I didn't know I'd like... I'd, oh, man, remember when that massive megalomaniacal company was was pure? Uh, the Time Life, Time Warner, New Line, Adult Swim, TBS, TNT, CNN, Monolith. And then they get bought by AT&T and like, eh, some of this stuff doesn't make money. We don't want to do it anymore. Like, what, the news? Hey, that Pickle Rick thing's doing pretty well. What else he doing with Pickle Rick? We want to see him in all kinds of shows. We only have a AAA Batman game because the studio that made it owns the character. We we don't have any Marvel games because Disney has no studio. Yeah, I mean their yeah. other their other biggest uh, seller or highest performing games were those Lego games. Yeah, and, and Justice and Mortal Kombat and like 
the Mortal Kombat DLC is interesting because it has a lot to cherry pick from from mostly Warner Brothers yeah. past. But yeah, if you if you're selling Warner and you don't get the corporate synergies of hey, you can use any DC property, you can use any right. Warner Brothers property. The most valuable thing you have at that point is NetherRealm Studios. Other than that, they don't have original IP. Yeah, you know, but they, the Shadows of Mordor, shit like that. Like, I don't think any other company yeah. would have made a game like that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They do own Monolith up up in the Seattle. Yeah, area. man. Yeah, yeah it's, it, this could get weird, and I, I believe it too because there's fewer things AT and T understands less than than AAA games. It doesn't care. It only knows games from the mobile space and, mm-hmm. and doesn't understand million-dollar budget games that are meant to be monetized for years and years and years. They don't get it. And I, I just I re- – look, I really have an idea of Mortal Kombat Ultimate with every DLC character included in one giant product, and this is just going to get us further away from that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what it means if you're selling off the games division if they completely go away, or if you sell them to a larger publisher where they get absorbed, oh. or if you sell them to a different media conglomerate that needs a gaming division. So and there's a lot of things that don't, could happen. Doesn't WB own Bally Midway shit as well? I don't know. Maybe. I think they might. They also make a shit ton of money off their mobile division, which is based here in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff that they have to offer. I could see how it could be attractive to people. But it also means this thing can go many, many ways if it does go down. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how that we'll how that pans out. I can see it. Disney did the same shit. Can shit canned all of its uh, game development resources, all of them. And I can see how it could be the smart business move. I just think it's yeah. a tragic a tragic move if you like the output that's come from the <laughs> the corporate synergy of these people. When? Yeah. They had they had a few years. You're just like, holy shit, Warner is coming up, and then they slowed mm-hmm. down. I'd say the last two or three years, it felt like they seriously slowed down. You know, they have Mortal Kombat 11, and that's about that's the biggest thing I can think of. They made the Cars they game because Disney didn't have a studio. <laughs> <laughs> this is a thing that happened, and I love talking about it. I love the idea of Warner Brothers making a Disney game. <laughs> Crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that brings us to the community segment, which is always this same thing. Oh, community. Our community. Uh, last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what's your favorite Dungeons & Dragons setting? Kind of limits the number of people that can respond to it, but fine. Let's jump in with uh, Nick Turner on the official Laser Time Facebook community, who says, despite playing tabletop RPGs for years, I haven't played much D&D. So instead, I'm going to give a shout out to my favorite game, 7th Sea. You play as swashbucklers in a land similar to, but legally and intellectually distinct from, 17th century Europe. Yeah, I wouldn't want the copyright holders of 17th century Europe to come after you. <laughs> we are the Saxons. We are here with, for our lawsuit. <laughs> we are the Saxons. It's Pirates of the Caribbean means, meets the Three Musketeers, complete with secret societies and in, infernal sorceries. The second edition has some mechanics I'm less excited about, but I love the expanded setting and spirit of adventure it encompasses. I appreciate your politeness in saying your displeasure. I'm less excited about this. Most of the internet discourse would have been like, but fuck that shit. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. give a fuck about that. Thank you for being less excited yes. about it. That, which implies you are slightly excited. Uh, and maybe Jeremy Eames is slightly excited. He says, for me, it's a toss-up between Ravenloft, Al-Kadim, and Dark Sun. 
I started playing in 1991 after I graduated high school. I'm old. Um, that's all right, buddy. Uh, and by coincidence, like five years older than me uh, and me. Um, and by coincidence, that's around when those three settings released: 1990 for Ravenloft, uh, DS in 91, and AQ in 92. Also, Disney's Aladdin came out the same summer as AQ. And my DM, there's too many acronyms. At the time, was mad that I'd seen the movie because he wanted to steal it for an adventure idea. <laughs> <laughs> Your dwarf enters the cave of wonders. He just wanted to do his Robin Williams. His monkey grabs the wrong jewel. No, uh, or maybe he just had a killer Gilbert Godfrey impersonation. Uh, anyway, I still own original printings of every module and box set for those three settings, as well as a smattering of books from others. Side note: short visits to Ravenloft are all often called weekends in hell better than weekends at bernie's um they also had a ravenloft subsetting set in an alternate 1890s earth called mask with a q u e of the red death i am still ah. playing all these years later greatest hobby ever and he he posted a picture of his collection and it is something to be jealous of so as a scholarly you. person he's he's referring to roger corman's mask of the red death which is based on edgar Allan poe's mask of the red this death. this was the classy joke i was going for michael yes. but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> i i thought of that story a lot as as uh, i kept reading stories about rich people fleeing cities for their vacation homes it's like oh this is some mask of the red death uh, shit it's gonna catch i want up. orgy rooms in all different colors uh, uh, Mark <laughs> says, uh, uh, my all-time favorite campaign setting is Birthright, a game where players can have divine bloodlines of dead gods giving them access to otherworldly powers and allowed you to rule vast kingdoms and play the game in multiple levels. It's very Tolkien, Arthurian-esque world with a Highlander mixed in as you can steal there the bloodline of others. could be only one. Uh, only, only one. Uh, don't be afraid to smack your wife if she gets out of I'm sorry, that's the what I'll remember Sean Connery for. Uh, for all all that I find, uh, it is a much more down-to-earth setting. Gods don't walk the earth. In fact, the gods are mortal champions of the dead gods. Uh, dragons are a dying race of two dozen or less who slumber lifetimes away. Uh, the elves guard what forest they have left, uh, not yet taken by humanity, and wage unforgiving genocidal war against a mankind they can never defeat. Uh, the villain, the villain, are monstrous characters twisted by the blood of a dark, uh, dark god long dead, whose vile will carries on through uh, his twisted scions. That's a Jesus. Toyota, I believe. Mm-hmm. And and I drive a scion. And, and <laughs> each an individual character fleshed out as a, a as real people with personalities and goals that make uh, you question what is evil. What each is of evil? Uh, each of the hundreds of, of realms and birthright have been fleshed out. Uh, with histories and culture, with uh, more more than hundreds of uh, detailed NPC characters. Oh God! Uh, honestly, while there were more supplemental supplements and uh, books set in forgotten realms, Birthright is by far the more detailed and alive setting. So I'm sorry, guys, for the I, I pulled the very long response, but only because like this world sounded fascinating to me yeah. personally. But uh, let's, dear listeners, if you can keep it a little shorter with the responses, we really appreciate that. All right, and uh, Matt Gibbons says, My favorite D&D setting is Greyhawk. As a huge fan of first edition AD&D, Greyhawk was the setting Gary, Gygax, and his group made. And I always really liked how it maintained a pseudo-historical setting, but also had goofy nations named after friends and family. 
True story, I once worked with a guy named um, Rusty Gygax, and I said, hey, that's a unique last name. That that sounds like Gary Gygax, creator of D&D. And he goes, oh, Uncle Gary. I worked with his nephew, which was really cool. <laughs> you find out that Rusty Gygax is a sex act. <laughs> it's when you blow a load. And it... <laughs> Never mind. Sorry it's when you roll a 20. You roll a 20 and blow a load. That's the yeah, rest yeah, exactly. No, it's when you blow the person's ear. And then... <laughs> Sorry, that's a great Venture Brothers scene. <laughs> you got when I was laying down. Uh, I love Venture right. Brothers. Well, we have a couple of video responses. First being from Mike Amari. Hey, BJ crew. Mike Amari here with the question of the week. Question of the week, of course, was what's your favorite setting in Dungeons & Dragons to play Dungeons & Dragons? Now, it's a weird question for me because my experience with Dungeons & Dragons is not so much as a player. It's almost exclusively as being a DM. That's because my experience so far has been teaching my son how to play and also running an after-school program for students in my school where I teach out here in Brooklyn. Now, it's a great experience and my favorite setting really is whatever the hell my students come up with. You see, we don't have a lot of time to go through an entire box campaign that could take months or even a year or so on end to be able to finish. So what I do is I'll start them in one of the starting areas, like Phandalin's a great area because it's on the Sword Coast, it's in the Forgotten Realms, and it's in both of the different starter sets, both Lost Minds of Phandelver and Dragons of Ice Spire Peak, both great ways to get into the game. But what winds up happening is I don't want the students to get bored, I don't want them to be too rote, I want them to come up with their own things, and so any sort of ideas they come up with, we incorporate that not only into their characters, but into the world around them. We usually do have one person who's keeping track of everything, a lore master who kind of writes everything down, and at the end of the year we have a nice little story that they've been able to build on their own. Because of this, we've had settings where literally almost five minutes into every campaign, they wind up either jumping into a portal, running into a cave, and winding up somewhere completely different that I couldn't have thought of, and that I now have the collective imaginations of a bunch of 11 to 13 year olds coming up with. And it's an amazing experience, because I also have a lot of students coming from a lot of different backgrounds. Uh, it's just really a great experience. And so I, my favorite setting is really what my students come up with. You really can't beat that sort of creativity. I want to thank you guys for listening to this week, and I hope to be with you again next week. I appreciate his repeated use of the uh, Dungeons & Dragons cartoon characters in that. Um, uh, who are rather <laughs> beloved, I, I, fi- I find. Strangely. Very weird. Yeah. Dungeons & Dragons people do not hate that cartoon. The movie, not too kind to him. Yeah, no. Mm, That's a Wayans movie, movie was, right? <clears throat> yeah. Well, he's, he's snail. <laughs> and, and Jeremy Irons is in it. Um, not one of his better roles. Uh but but yeah, like that that movie also like you remember how they wound up in the Dungeons and Dragons world? They went on a Dungeons and Dragons ride, which I didn't think was a thing that existed until one came to my county fair and I like rode on it and it turned out to be just right. a generic ghost train. Right. Um, yeah. But anyway, I digress. my church wouldn't let me have those at the local carnival because <laughs> it would have converted me to Satanism if you yeah. believe that Tom Hanks special. It As turned Tom Hanks into a homosexual. We saw it. <laughs> Mazes yeah. and monsters. We saw it. Uh, all right. Well, uh, one more from Full Install, who says... Hey, guys. It's Tom here from Full Install, weighing in on your latest community question. What is our favorite Dungeons & Dragons location or setting? I mean, I know what you're really up to. You're just trying to figure out who of your community isn't having sex later. Um, I mean, my instinct is to go with Forgotten Realms, because it kind of is inarguably the best setting there is. Um, I mean, I grew up playing Icewind Dale religiously. Uh, I always find it more accessible than Baldur's Gate because Baldur's Gate was quite, you know, very text-heavy. I mean, Planescape Torment even more so. Um, and Icewind Dale was just a brilliant introduction to learn the mechanics before you could actually get thrown into like the more you know, narrative-driven RPG. 
It also gave me my love for R.A. Salvatore, who did write the Icewind Dale trilogy, which is a brilliant uh, set of books, and the uh, Dark Elf trilogy, which, if you haven't read, I would definitely recommend it if you are a fan. But I'm going to mention uh, Greyhawk uh, for one particular reason. I mean, I don't really know much about it. I'm sure it does cross over into uh, Forgotten Realms at some point, and someone will correct me and go all fucking geeky on me. But um, mainly for the uh, campaign slash game Temple of Elemental Evil. Uh, I've never played the campaign. I've only ever really played D&D maybe twice in my life. Um, but the computer game, at least, I don't think gets enough love. I did a whole review of it on my channel, which you're very welcome to go and view, if you can be asked. Um, but it's much more darker, more demonic, you know, take on the kind of fantasy which you'd usually find in uh, Forgotten Realms, which is kind of draped in kind of, ma- you know, magical elves and wizards, that kind of thing. I mean, it has all those things, but it's it's very much more a... It feels more adult, you know, less accessible to a younger audience. It's very, very, very D&D rule set heavy. I think it follows the 3.5 rules. It means nothing to me. If you want like an authentic, it's the it's the one game that feels like the best translation from tabletop to a computer game. I'd say, for better or for worse, because it, it does kind of make it a little bit inaccessible for people because it doesn't have those kind of hand-holding narrative things that something like Baldur's Gate would. Um, but it's really good. It's really hard. It kind of reminds me of Fatal Labyrinth from the Mega Drive because it's just it's a con- constant descent down into a dungeon for the majority of the game. Um, but it's very very different. Uh, I'd say definitely give it a go if you haven't um, it has the strangest uh, choice of music as well for a, a fantasy RPG, RPG but um, yeah there you go uh, I'm going to mention Greyhawk uh, because I don't think anyone else will or maybe everyone will and then uh, I'll look silly but yeah cheers guys stay safe and uh, I'll hope to talk to you again soon bye Tom from Full Install stole my answer from last week I said, thank you thank you Tom yeah, that was that was my favorite too. What was it? Big Hawk? What yeah, is Grey Hawk. Big, Gray, Big La- Hawk. Lady Hawk. Lady Hawk. Yeah. The movie Lady with Hawk. Mike Hawk. <laughs> I had the novelization for some reason. Why are you serious? <laughs> and yeah. this is this is where I get to tell you guys about the history of Dungeons and Dragons and the reason oh. that Greyhawk is rule set heavy is because it originated from war games that the Grunyard just uh, bleh, um well, just that's, go read that's it. what Dungeons and Dragons came out of is the war games. That's with right, Garrick the war Gygax. games. Yes, okay. just okay. Why why are you Ringo? All why the Beatles should explain this. I don't to know. Me. It just seemed to work at the time. Ringo. <laughs> um, I would just recommend go read of Dyson Men, which is no. an excellent uh. Recounting of the origins of D and D and tabletop RPGs. No, that book sounds really good. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Ringo. I'm the drummer. I keep the Whoa, beat. Everything you said, Matt. One word. <laughs> Fab. <laughs> Fab, Matt. Shambolic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I miss the uh, Beatles rock band. That was a great game. We should play that game. Uh, it's a new question of the week. Uh, what quasi-E3 announcement are you most excited for? Obviously, we're kind of in sort of a long version of E3 where we're going to get sporadic announcements uh, over the, the coming months. Um, I know that there's a bunch of big stuff planned for July with Xbox's next show. but And um, Ubisoft's show. He can't tell you that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm super jazzed for the PS5 more than I expected to be. Like, I just want these new consoles now. That's too obvious. No, no bullshit. Take a stance. Pick a game, motherfucker. What was the most exciting game to you from that show? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I mean, Bug Snacks seems like the easy answer, uh, just because it's the first one that pops into my head. But, uh, because the song's stuck in your head still. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of clouding out everything else. It's more meaningful. I'm going to look at your list really quickly. Um, 
Yeah, I guess Spider-Man Miles Morales. I mean, you know, being a huge Assassin's Creed fan, I'm I'm super looking forward to Valhalla, but we haven't shown any of that yet. Mm-hmm. We meaning Ubisoft, full disclosure, I work for them, but um yeah, we'll we'll see. Um big big stuff on the horizon. I'm I'm ex- I'm excited and in, Resident in the Evil same Village, reason- that's going to be really cool. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, no, I, I'm, I'm excited for the same reason I'm disappointed. It's because what I expect out of these new game consoles has kind of, uh, 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 what do you call it? It The technology has outgrown YouTube and Twitch. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, right, uh, they're, they're, they're never going to look as good as when you yeah. play them. We're, we're right. seeing 4K like, 60 FPS games running at 1080p. We got the announcement, we got what the, the consoles look like, but we still don't really know what the games look like at all. And until fucking streaming technology hmm. progresses, we're not going to until like we see these like in person and in a store. It made me miss E3 profoundly. I never would have thought of that. That's a fascinating answer Mm. because I never, I don't even talk about like, I don't own a 4k TV. I know both you guys do this generation. If you don't buy a 4k TV, you kind of have no reason to buy a next gen console unless you want to play a game. That's not on anything else. Like it's, it's pointless. I, I bought a 4k TV, but like it was two weeks before black Friday 55 inches for 160 bucks with built-in Roku. Jesus. There is no excuse. It's an excellent TV, and it is never broken. Uh, TCL, that's the brand. Oh, like, TCL is great. I need to look that yeah, up, because I saw one for 350 the other day, and I'm like, oh, that seems like a good bargain for a 55 I got one for yeah, my man. sister a few years ago, and it's like, yeah, I can spend $250 and look like a fucking champ. Jesus, I gotta do that. Because yeah. one of my TVs just it broke, was, It so was I a goddamn song. I gotta do that. So, like, like, we have our reveals, we know what the consoles look like, yeah. but we still don't know what they look like. and We, do, we don't know the price. Yeah. and uh, that, That's and, the part and, that kind of worries me a bit because it's like we we have to be like i don't know anything but i would imagine we are less than six months out from their releases at this point we don't know what they're gonna cost it's it's like the worst game of chicken anyone has ever played because you know the other one's just waiting for the other guy to to announce the price so that they can Mm go we're that but 50 bucks cheaper or whatever it's gonna be right sure even if even if it's a huge loss that they take, but it's like I forgot to mention that in the news. Yeah, that's the one thing Sony didn't announce is the price, because I think they're straight up just waiting for Xbox. And then, like you were saying earlier, Michael, the, or maybe it was Chris, the rumor is Xbox maybe has that other what, what's that what's that lower cost Xbox called? Um, the S. No. Yeah, the, it would be called the allegedly be called the Xbox Series S. Oh, but there's a, there's a, a code name for it or some shit like that, right? It, oh, oh yeah, I, I don't remember. But, but like the, the rumor is for that for the digital no optical drive Xbox Series X Xbox is that they're looking at three fifty. Oh, that would be wow. instead three fifty. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I'd know. Be very surprised if it. I mean, three fifty. You're gonna, but but I mean that's that you could take a loss like that because they would force Sony's like seriously that's a huge deal like yeah. t- at launch to be a hundred dollars hundred to one hundred fifty dollars cheaper than the than, than your competition. It'd be insane. So, so my my answer, I'm gonna have a cop out answer, but then I will give a real game answer after that. My cop out answer is everything I'm hearing about these consoles is like a lot of the shit that we've been complaining about that we didn't know would be issues before this generation, they're addressing. Like, it's a lot of the convenience stuff. Like, things like, you know, Xbox been out there with their backwards compatibility and stuff. Like, I feel like finally that I'm getting... That was my next... That was my next fucking thing. Yeah. Like, the, the deep irony of Sony leading this 
press conference or whatever with a PS3 game. Right. When, like, yeah. if they do not answer Xbox's call to backwards compatibility, and I'll be surprised if they don't address it at all, because they said they're going to, mm-hmm. just, you know, on a case-by-case basis, nothing full hardware implemented, we will never have to buy Skyrim seven times again. Even Nintendo has acknowledged it cannot play the game any longer, making us buy Mario Brothers 3 600 times. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, it's it's like the convenience of, like, Am I finally going to be able to say, like, I can get rid of my Xbox One and just have this new thing and I don't need to worry about, oh, there's that one game I can only play on the the original console or whatever. Like, there's a little bit of that, but also they're promising, like, if it runs on an Xbox Series X or Series X, it'll run even better. Like, it'll it'll take advantage of the hardware. So I'm like, okay, they're hitting us there. The stuff like load times, which, uh, dude, as a Destiny player, if you can shorten my load times, you're sitting hours a week probably. Yeah, man, it, like two minutes per level, man. I, that's that's the highest I ever counted for a des- just a regular. I can Destiny tell you, session. having played on PC this week and and coming from console, everything is it's so fucking wild. I'm like, oh, you mean so? Because I play on an OG Xbox One, it takes like thirty seconds for my fucking gear to appear in the menu. Sometimes, like th- that's how bad yeah. the loads can be. And I'm on PC, it's instantaneous, and even the level loads are like. You're talking 20 seconds on a solid state drive. I'm like, fuck it, dude. If I can, Damn. if next gen can just do that, I'm excited, but not as excited about the game stuff. And I know I said it was my number three, but really, I'm, I'm really excited to play Demon Souls on next gen, mm-hmm. depending on what they do with it. Cause Miles Morales is going to be great, but I do feel like it will be a lost legacy deal where it's kind of like, even if it's as long as the original campaign, it'll feel like, oh, this is kind of an extension of that game, you know, which I love that game, but I, I definitely played through it. Um, but yeah, dude, Demon Souls, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for because it's, if, okay, so when new Dark Souls games come out, there's this whole community that exists now that like everyone will talk about it and be like, yeah, this is how you beat this boss and here's the secret and all this shit. You didn't really get that with the original Demon Souls because not that many people were into it. And so you're going to take this huge audience now and now throw it at Demon Souls. And I just can't wait for the shit that will, they'll uncover, you know, and, and we'll if be you part didn't, of it. If you, if you didn't follow those channels, because like I, 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 like Tyler Nagata is like the only person I ever heard say this game is fucking amazing mm-hmm. and everyone's an idiot for not playing it. Yeah. And, and when they showed the trailer, people who knew the game very well, remember it's pretty old and did never had a PS4 version of any kind. It's like, yeah, this is uh, enhanced, but some of the stuff in this background is just new. So it's it may be not necessarily a Final Fantasy VII thing, but like it may not be as straightforward a re-release as you think. And I think that's also really interesting. Yeah. So yeah. like you can even add that element for for people who have played it. And it's not from that's the other thing we forgot to mention. It's it's another studio working on it. So from. Theoretically, still working on the Elden Ring game with jo- George R. R. Martin, which God, I hope they're not relying on him for anything because it'll mm. it won't be here for another ten years if that's the case. <laughs> yep. um, well, it's, it's by Blue Point, isn't it? Blue Point, yep. That's who. That's who's yeah, doing this. Which one. did Shadow of the Colossus? They have an excellent track. They do remakes, doing remasters, and yeah, remakes. Yeah. yeah. A friend of mine in, in town like works on the these goddamn games. <sighs> so it's good. crazy to think about. So yeah, I'm excited to play that on a PS5. Although I think. I still think I'm buying an Xbox Series X when when that comes. I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm getting both, and it's interesting. And it's just like they are 
these consoles, if the mock-ups I've seen are right, like, one of them is going to... It's going to be like Laurel and Hardy, the consoles. Like, one of them is hugely taller than any other console, and the other one is hugely <laughs> fatter. <laughs> uh, we can make a bunch of references to old comedy duos. Hey, I bet! <laughs> but I, I, I'm still... Because I, I wasn't trying to be cynical when I was talking to you guys. It's just that, like, nothing I saw in that stream did justice for what I believe having studied the specs what these consoles can actually do and how to look in your homes yeah and 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 i it was a bummer like it was a bummer to show like new indie ip because that doesn't justify a new console even if you bought the exclusivity it, it's it's the other stuff and we haven't seen i don't think either side has revealed anything close to what what's under the hood uh or, or what they can what what that will visually express yeah uh and, and and what kinds of new gameplay experience they can create we don't None of us know that yet, mm. and I'm filled with optimism. And um, yeah, all my consoles now are behaving like five year old laptops, so I'm very excited to move on. <laughs> and I hope there's a lot of backwards compatibility. Is that maybe the downside of consoles basically being PCs now? Is they're just going to yeah. die after three years? Like, uh... I mean, anything with this, anything with this, a whirly dirly hard drive is going to behave like that forever. So you can, I buy physical games so I can play them forever. Like, your console will not last eight years. It just won't. <laughs> it never will. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, yeah. Alright. Yeah. Oh, well, indeed. And that is the show, I'm guessing. It is. So what quasi-E3 announcements are you most excited for? Let us know. Go to videogameapocalypse.com and answer into the comments for episode 372. Alternately, you can hit us up on the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the best answers on next week's show. Video responses encouraged. Try to keep them under two minutes. Anyway, that's been our show. Let's go with some plugs. Chris, tell us more. Oh, God, I'm first. Um, uh, well, the, Sick of Star Wars is gearing up to talk about episode four. But before that happens, we have an episode of Bonus Time slash Sick of Star Wars Patreon exclusive, where just to give some background on who, where Adam, uh, Jeremy, and myself come from, of like what we love about Star Wars the most outside of the movies. And, and it's weird, just the way George Lucas made these movies, we're all kind of fans of Star Wars from shit that happened outside the films. Hmm. Whether it be... In video games, I, we all sort Spoiler, agree on that. Video games did much better. We were talking about the prequel saga. Do you know we we never... If you'd only watched the films, you had never heard of a Sith in your life when you walked in the prequel trilogy? But yeah, but if but you, you played had, the video games, you had right. Because, but if you had yeah. the game, if you played the games and read the comics, you you knew what it was. You didn't question it at all, and, and and I didn't either. And then I I had to look that up. Like, no, yeah, the word yeah. Sith is never mentioned in the films ever. No, it's all in the ancillary media, Dark Lord of the shit, mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. And it does not explain it in the prequels what it is either. They, like, but yeah, you realize you have an understanding because of the outside media. Uh, and they're also joining me on Laser Time this week. I wanted to just deflect criticism we're not really getting. It, we we didn't just shit on the prequels for nine hours. It was you know it was valid criticism. And I mean, if you're gonna shit I on wanted, any movies for nine hours, it should be the prequels. There there are so many redeem. I discovered way more redeemable aspects to the prequels than I originally expected to. Not unlike when I defend the David the work of David Cage, mm -hmm. they suffer from being bold yet awkward. Ste giant steps towards the future, and we we have an episode. 
entitled C- CGI. Does it suck? Be- just because I want to sort of dispel that that's why we are against the prequels. I wanted to talk about good CGI and whether CGI is getting better in an entire episode of Laser Time. And I, I managed to source some interesting information. Um, some of it is really depressing. But the long answer, uh, short answer, no. Mm. Long answer, yes, but... And you'll see why. Um, yeah, CGI does it suck. And 30, 20, 10 this week, I don't know if I'll ever have as much fun as I did the previous week talking about Dick Tracy, <laughs> Fantasia 2000, Gremlins 2, and Titan AE in the same segment, and Toy Story 3 in the same segment. It's in, in the, same the show. movie. You, you, you thought of it? Yeah. It's in the podcast. It's in the movie. And, but like... This week I had to come to terms with how I feel about RoboCop 2. <laughs> That's oh, it. Oh, dude. <laughs> that is it. Like, Gremlins 2 and RoboCop 2, I think, are both just sequels that went, like, full-blown cartoon. And that might yeah. be something worth revisiting at a Well, point. yeah, but Gremlins 2 is made by a guy who didn't like sequels and is making fun of sequels in RoboCop 2. Spoiler is directed by Irving Kirshner, the guy who made Empire Strikes Back. And uh, never say never again, and no other movies in my lifetime. And and he's <laughs> yeah, very and selective. Like, it, Robocop. 2. It is it is a dutiful dad running a checklist of what he thinks people liked about Robocop, and it is weird and embarrassing so and weird. strangely still violent. Well, it's it's like three different perfectly acceptable movies crammed together into one just bizarre movie that goes on like roughly half an hour too long. Oh yeah, it's I hate it. I fucking hate it. <laughs> I love I it, hate it, but it has problems. I, I think it might have been I, easier to get the rights to that for cable because I feel like that was on way more than the original Robocop when I was a kid. So I feel like I've seen Robocop 2 twice as much as the original, even if I like the original more. I agree with you, and I feel like watching it now, it was easier to sanitize. Yep. Yeah. Could be. But but it's like it's it's like the you have a perfectly acceptable RoboCop sequel. You have a a basically a cartoon where he fights a big robot, mm-hmm. and you have an even weirder cartoon that basically parodies RoboCop and yeah. the fact that he became a hero to children and the uh, concern from parents that came out of that. Yes, yeah, despite being a cybernetic corpse <laughs> forced yeah. to haunt the very system that failed him, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it. RoboCop again is the world's best movie. Uh, it's not my favorite movie. It's just on an every objective level, it rules yeah. everyone. In- <laughs> Sorry, I love saying that. It's my favorite thing. Uh, RoboCop is just that good. Yeah, um, two's not yeah, bad. But I like RoboCop too, but I I know it has faults it. for sure. I fucking yeah. hate it. Uh, I, I, I did, I did notice this time he fights everybody in an arcade and every fucking cabinet there is a Data East, uh, cabinet because they had a <laughs> deal they with did Robocop. The Robocop game. Right. Right. He, like, and someone is, who's like, look, I, I'm not collecting arcade games. I'm building ones out of arcade one up cabinets, but like, man, he really slams like a pristine bad dudes, <laughs> brings a guy's head right through the fucking monitor. It's, yeah. it's, it, it's yeah. depressing to see. Hmm. <laughs> oh, and, yeah, Padukin, light, light Padukin okay. plug for Padukin, uh, yeah, arcade, arcade, arcade stuff. stuff. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're if you're into arcades, uh, listen to Padukin, the Laser Time Network show, all about um, classic arcade games, uh, hosted by let's see, Pass Blaster. Uh, who else is on there? Adam, Rob. right? Mm-hmm. A- yes, Adam, Rob, um, and a guy I haven't met. But, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I love their fucking arcade, man. Like, and they're able to now to record in their arcade again. I still think there's something beautiful about that. Nice. And if you if you want to see some of their collection or their personal collections, Past Blasters on Twitch at Past Blaster, and I am on Twitch uh, at Maddie C Allen, just like I'm on Twitter at Maddie C Allen. So check me out. I've been streaming a lot of uh, Yakuza Kiwami Two lately, and so you can watch me play. Typically, what I what I've learned is like the story stuff not so fun to stream, but I do a lot of the, I dick around uh, on the streets of Kamarocho and do a lot of side stuff. So if you want to see me doing pretend karaoke and pretend darts uh, and all of that fun stuff and just beating random dudes up who attack me, check me out on Twitch at Maddie C Allen. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparas. That's easy, not easy. Easy is a weird bot that mixes up what I say and spits it out in uh, random order. So uh, anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com, and we'll see you next week. Well, hang on. Sorry. My computer keeps falling asleep. What was that? What was that echo noise? <laughs> that was my glasses bumping up against the pop filter. Oh. Uh, it felt like Gollum coming for me. It sounded like the Law and Order transition for between <laughs> scenes. Uh, there it is. Wow. I love it. All right. Yeah, edit all that out. <laughs> no, no. Whatever. Executive that's, produced that's by Dick Wolf. Sound. Right there. Dick Wolf. <laughs>